This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave and special guest Aaron Henry, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, 29 centimeter. On this spoilerific bonus episode, we review my birthday show on July 24th in Minneapolis, Minnesota at the State Theater from Weird Al's 2022, The Unfortunate Return of the Ridiculously Self-Indulgent Ill-Advised Vanity Tour. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al Podcast. Happy birthday, Dave. Thank you. Now, technically, today is not your birthday, but we are reviewing a concert. What? From your birthday. Dave, there was a lot of <laughs> stuff that went on that night, and we'll explain it, um, that uh, <laughs> prevented us from recording. So, um, And uh, we have the, the lovely Erin Henry here with us, and, and we wanted her to record this uh, with us. So she's joining us um, after the fact, and we are going to go through everything. So hello, Erin. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me back. On, well, see, this is all our messed up timeline. I think this episode puts us back into uh, the correct timeline here. Uh, <laughs> for those who were f- trying to follow along at home, uh, we we made episode 27 centimeter uh, into our t- – it was our twine ball episode. Uh, we made that episode 27 centimeter even though chronologically it fell after we recorded – episode 28 centimeter which was in Mankato on July 23rd uh, and this is now taking place after the twine ball uh, experience so this is the evening of July 24th so if you want to find out what we did prior to the show you need to go back and listen to episode 27 centimeter uh, and then skip over 28 centimeter and come to episode 29 centimeter it's really confusing We'll try not to do this anymore, if but we just had the opportunity order, to put. They still need to listen to twenty-eight <laughs> centimeter, though, Dave. They're just in the, in that order. They skip over it because they've already listened to it. <laughs> yeah, something like that. It's okay. so confusing. You need a, a whole spreadsheet to figure it out. You need to be like a uh, like a rocket scientist or something. You know, you just you, it's just it's it's really complicated. But hopefully, you figured it out, and hopefully, you know why you're here. You're here to hear all about <laughs> our adventures at the State Theater in Minneapolis on my birthday. It's That's still right. my birthday in this episode, so uh, thank and, you for the birthday yes. wish. And, and so just to, to summarize what Dave was all <laughs> talking about there, um, so typically we start the episode with what we did that day, but since we already did that, we're just going right into the venue. So um, so Dave, we dropped off um, on our way home from the Twine Ball. We dropped off Jackson at their hotel. And then we uh, made our way right to the State Theater, and we parked in a parking garage, like, right across the street. <laughs> yeah, so we were pulling into the parking garage, and uh, I guess well, I guess right before we pulled into the parking garage, uh, I did see our good friends, uh, Jared Marker and Rocky Hooker, walking out. I guess they maybe just come out of the same parking garage? I'm not quite sure, but... Uh, but they were they were on the streets. So I beeped at them, and they waved to us from the from the car. And we went into the parking garage, uh, and I think we got like the the first spot in the parking garage. Yeah, pretty which much was pretty incredible. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, I don't. 
Something about the parking garage yeah. reminded me of New York City. Um, I think it was uh, how it smelled like urine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. This is not a... I mean, we didn't get to see a lot of downtown Minneapolis. I guess we kind of drove through it a little bit. But yeah, this was, uh, I mean, the neighborhood looked okay. But I mean, getting out into the parking garage was uh, quite an experience. It was not as nice of a smell as it was inside of the pagoda at the Twine Ball. That's right. Nowhere near that experience. It was the total opposite <laughs> spectrum of that smell. It, was, it wasn't great. Yeah. And Dave, I hate to do this so early and, uh, in the episode, but I, I do need to do... A uh, Coke Zero solo. I'm, I'm very thirsty. Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, you did it? I didn't even hear it. Wow, hopefully that came up on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, so um, so I had gotten earlier, as you heard about on episode 27, Centimeter, I got two amazing shirts from both our special guests this episode, Aaron Henry and uh, Jared... Uh, who had who had just mentioned earlier? Uh, you know, I got a wonderful uh, red rump the goody T-shirt from Aaron and a beautiful Hawaiian shirt from Jared. So I, in the parking garage, in the the smelly, grungy, dirty parking garage, I changed into my <laughs> my my shirts, uh, and then I headed over to the theater. And we, Ethan, for my birthday, we had. VIP. Yes. Uh, me, you, and Jackie. And uh, I believe Aaron was had VIP as well, so we all got to go in. And uh, I know that when we got there, uh, typically, you know, they, they make you go through uh, – some venues do, some don't. But this one, they made you go through a metal detector to get in. And I remember, uh, you know, uh, like we were – I think when you and I got there, it was moments before Jeopardy – and uh, so it was still, it was relatively empty. So we were definitely chatting up with the, uh, with the security guards. I guess it wasn't empty, I should say, because there was a long line to check in. So we were chatting with the security guards very, and they were, yeah, the, they were, the line was very slow checking in. And uh, I feel like I, I maybe, uh, so for those who aren't aware, Aaron used to be a mall cop at the Mall of America, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. which we, we discussed mm -hmm. visiting the Mall of America on episode 28 centimeter. Um, <laughs> but I go to the the uh, metal detector. This happens to me at many venues where I put, like, you know, my bag. Um, they take it through in a different way. And then I walk through the, the thing, and it beeps. And they are just like, yep, you're fine. Like, if it beeps, isn't that a bad thing? Like, what are they, what is actually happening when I go through? <laughs> is there a different beep uh, if I have a weapon? We did not deal with metal detectors. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we didn't deal with metal detectors at the Mall of America, so I am unsure uh, about that. Uh, but that seems strange. Maybe there's some sort of indicator on the on the detector that shows where it's coming from, and they say, oh, it's a belt buckle, or, oh, okay. oh it's this. I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of made it right through, but I feel like, Dave, did it take a little bit of time for you and Jackie to get through the uh, metal detector? Um, I don't think any more than usual. I don't think I was expecting a metal detector, so I had, uh, you know, like things like my wallet and my cell phone in my... Uh, in my um, cargo, you know, pants or shorts uh, in the in the pockets on the side, so I just had to just kind of take everything out. But I don't think it. I don't think there was an an issue going through the metal detector. Maybe Jackie might have struck up a conversation or something, but I don't really remember it being something with her camera. I feel oh, like. you know what it was. You're right. You're right. Yes, uh, 
Jackie Jackie brought her camera and they had a, a her old her old camera that she's been using for many many tours. Uh, she had it with her, and uh, and she has a a, a, a a purse that I got her that looks like an accordion. So they were commenting on that, but they were also uh, questioning her about the. Uh, about the camera and whether or not it was a professional camera or not, and whether they could let it in, and it is not a professional camera because the uh, lens does not come off. So they did eventually get her in, and then they were talking about uh, cameras. I guess you know nobody uses them anymore because everyone's got their camera on their cell phone. So I think that was the holdup. Right, it's like incest, but uh, <laughs> you may have needed right. to have seen Emo's joke to get that. Um, <laughs> so okay yeah, that's where you're going with that there was a little bit of a time waiting to uh to actually check in and i i think i had purchased the tickets they were under my name um but what right. was really exciting is we were handed our little bag of goodies and we for the first time got the weird al quote-unquote mugs <laughs> Yes, yes. So I, so yeah. So in the in the package, and and they guess they finally have this organized where they give you a little bag and it's got everything you need in it, including your little laminate and uh, your coffee. But uh, in in there, they, they yeah. Because well, Dave, because the before they that, would just kind of like hand you the stuff, and then you're like, okay, now my hand's full of like <laughs> I have like coffee in my hand. I, I don't know what to do. I can't get to my wallet to get my ticket out. Like so, yes. Now they have like right, these yeah. little plastic bags, which make it so much easier. Yeah, so they sort of had them pre pre made up, so they just can hand you the bag. But yeah, it had the uh, the little Weird Al mug, face mug that uh, they've been advertising forever. Uh, so we finally got to get our hands on on one of those. Uh, although, I mean, I have seen them, you know, on previous shows. People have let me yeah. let me hold theirs, or you know, uh, JW had one on display as a sort of a sample at one of the shows. But yeah, this is this was mine. This is our our official ones, the first ones that we've gotten, and uh, <laughs> I know. I, <laughs> I know that I took mine out just to check at it because I check it out because I heard uh, in the past that, that maybe they've had scratches on them or, you know, something was broken on them and mine looked perfect. And Jackie's had a little scratch on the nose and she tried to get it exchanged and it was just such a hassle that we're like, just don't worry about it. <laughs> you just yeah. keep the little scratched nose. Yeah. Yeah. The nose seems to be what gets scratched if, if there is a scratch. Hmm. Mine seemed okay, um, but then it was time for us to show our tickets and actually go in. It was kind of weird because they had this like great big open lobby. That's where we, you know, checked in for VIP, and then they they didn't check our tickets at the door. But after that big open lobby with drinks and all sorts of stuff, they made you go into a much smaller cramped lobby, and that's where <laughs> yes um, the merchandise was. And you weren't allowed to leave that little cramped lobby, so it. I was thinking, like, why didn't they just check our tickets to the door and then let us have more room to walk around? And it became much more of an issue later when it was more than just the, the VIPs walking around. Um, but we went, right. we went in and um, our, our buddy uh, from earlier in the day, uh, Mayor Josh Johnson, uh, saw someone wearing one of those Big Royce heating and plumbing shirts. He's like, oh, I would love to have one of those. And so Dave and I offered to get him one. Um, so Dave, you went and, and, uh, picked that up. I think when I went to try and find Aaron and her dad, Brad, I think that's the, what, <laughs> what happened? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I did, I did pick up the shirt for Mayor Johnson, and uh, and that's on, that's in the mail. It's on the way to him, and and he's he's going to get that soon. But uh, but there was something else that was actually at the merchandise booth that I actually uh, I know I. <laughs> You and I have been trying to collect all the uh, different variations of the VIP posters uh, from the Strings Attached tour. And uh, I've more or less, you're a lot more hardcore about trying to track down each and every version. I've more or less given up. And if I see them and I know I need it, I'll buy it, but I'm not going out of the way to it. But it turns out that they actually had one at this show that I needed. So I was uh, thrilled that I got to pick up uh the uh yeah, the I believe, VIP I show it was and, the uh the St. Paul one it's the one with the giant twine ball yes. on the front yes it was really cool yeah because it does have a giant twine ball on it so it's great because we spent the day at the twine ball uh as you can hear all about on episode 27 <laughs> centimeter but yeah uh it was it was cool I mean yeah it was it was great to get that and uh I know in the past uh those VIP uh, posters have been listed the few that they have for $60. Well, this one was listed for $40. So it was yeah, nice to get six, it at a discount, I 60 guess. 60 or maybe 50, Dave. I'm not sure if it was 60 or 50 that I've seen them at. Um, yeah, I know I paid 60 at a couple of the earlier okay, shows. So, then, yeah. I mean, maybe they're, maybe they're going down in price as the, the tour goes on. I don't know. But this one was definitely $40, which was a nice surprise because, because uh, uh, you know, I needed, I needed it. So right. I was happy to spend, <laughs> to spend $40 instead of $60. Right. On you, it. you would have paid 60, but, yeah, but you didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, I don't know if we mentioned this, Dave, on 28 centimeter, our Mankato one, but they were selling the, Weird Al VIP wristwatches from the first Vanity Tour. Um, and while they, maybe this is what I was thinking, 50, because they were $50 in Las right. Vegas, but then they were selling them for $30 at Mankato. I think we 30, forgot to yes. mention that. Um, but I didn't notice if they were still selling those at the Minneapolis show or I, not. I didn't I didn't see them, but this was a smaller footprint for their merchandise okay. area than, than it was in Mankato. Uh, so... Yeah, Mankato was a really large area, has a large lobby there. And this, like you said, the lobby was very cramped. Uh, and, and they were, the merch was sort of off in the corner. And yeah, it was, <laughs> it, it became an issue later uh, when mm-hmm. they let everybody in and was trying to line up for the merchandise. They had them going up the stairs and around the corner. And just, it was the line for the, the merchandise. Second floor. <laughs> Yeah, it was all the way up to the second floor. It was it was crazy. Now, it, when we talked about our experience in Los Angeles at the Wiltern Theater, um, there oh. were a lot of choice words. Um, I don't know how, how much you went into it, Dave, but I, I shared some choice words about um, the venue staff and how difficult they were, um, you know, with, with people. And I, I felt that um, the the staff at the State Theater in this um this venue for in Minneapolis that we were at um, maybe weren't on the Wiltern level, but they may have been the second place uh, <laughs> as far as venues we've been to this tour as being, um, I don't know about the right words to use, but maybe aggressive. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to say rude. Power, but... power hungry. <laughs> <laughs> power hungry. Yeah. It was sort of, um, they seem to be a little bit over the top. Um, and mm-hmm. which, which, 
you know, it, it rubs me the wrong way as someone who produces shows that go to these types of venues because I wouldn't want someone who's buying a ticket to one of my shows to feel like the venue is being rude to them, um, let alone the people who are, are paying extra money and, and coming early and being VIPs. They were sort of snappy and rude um, to us, and they demanded that we wear our meet and greet laminates um, and uh, where we sat. And uh, if we didn't sit down fast enough, they were sort of um, being very snippy. And, <laughs> and uh, it uh, it kind of bummed me out um, because, you know, some, yeah. some, someone like us, the three of us, we're, we're going to go to a Weird Al show regardless. We're going to go to VIP regardless. But I would hate for someone to have a, a bad experience with um, a member of the venue staff and have that reflect poorly on, on Al or his team. Mm-hmm. Um, because from an audience point of view, that's just, that's what they see when they walk in the door. Everything is a weird Al show. Um, but, to, to us, we've been to enough shows that we know that venues have different staffs and different points of view. But, um, so I was kind of bummed out that they were, um, not the nicest. Yeah. It was interesting because, uh, yeah, like you said, the, 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 the laminate, I mean, the, uh, the cloth path cloth pass that you need to wear you know for the vip you really you know once you're in the theater you really don't need that until the end of the show so you know you and i are collectors we like to just save it and not put it on until it's absolutely necessary and only leave it on as long as as you know we need to to prove that we were allowed to be there and then you know once (laughs) once that's all settled we we take it off and, and, you know, put it away for safekeeping. But yeah, they, they wanted it on at that point in the show for some reason. And uh, the other thing that they wanted, which turned out to be, to, to not make any sense at all to me, is that they said during the VIP session, the Jeopardy session, you must be wearing a face mask at all times. However, once the show starts, you're welcome to take the face mask off. Yeah, that so was while uh, you're in the room with I guess it, l- less people, you you have to, you you have to be uh, masked up. But right. once uh, we let more people in, oh, then you're free to take it off. It was really yeah, really a str- it just makes did sense, not make to, sense me to me <laughs> that you'd have to wear the mask when you're on stage playing Jeopardy because JW and Marnie are up there and they're not masked, and that's you know you're close enough and you're kind of interacting with them. But yeah, for us sitting by ourselves in the audience with nobody around us uh, seemed a little odd <laughs> to have to wear the mask. And uh, I'm not. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, my issue was more with with just the inconsistency of the mask policy. Either yeah. you have a mask policy and you force all your you know you request all your your everybody who's attends your show to wear the mask, or you don't have one. You know, or you yeah. make it optional. You know, it's yeah, just not. I, I it's remember just not a not. It, when I was in um, Chicago uh, the previous weekend, we had to wear masks the whole time. And it, it's like for VIP, for, for the show, whatever. That's, yeah. But yeah, I agree, Dave. That's kind of weird where there's conflicting. Um, <laughs> it doesn't seem to make much sense. Right. So, yeah, there's, there's a weird experience in there, you know, the whole the whole VIP. But the actual VIP session itself, once we sat down, uh, was enjoyable because... Uh, of course, it's hosted by our good friend J.W. Halford. Yeah, and um, I know he was a little upset because uh, there were some mic difficulties on his end, and oh, uh, that was it yes. sort of threw things off a little <laughs> bit. And I, I, I really think that 
um, it was not as bad as he thought it was. Because um, from an audience perspective, oh no, 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 especially you know we we've been to VIP before, we know what to expect, but ninety nine percent of the people there didn't know what to expect, so it didn't seem messed up to them. You know, it was just it was fine. It was just no, know, it extra was extra music, yeah, extra it dancing. Was... Yeah, I guess I'm not quite sure what exactly what happened, but what appeared to happen was that uh, JW's microphone, you know, right in the beginning as he's kind of, you know, setting up how, how everything's going to work, sort of uh, went out. And uh, either, I don't know if he tripped over something and unplugged it or, or something got unplugged or the microphone just died or whatever, it, you know. But so it was obvious to anybody in the audience that this was just a technical issue with the microphone and uh like you said yeah they just tried to cover it they had some fun you know they had people get up and and dance and, and they had music playing and while they were trying to figure out the issue so I, yeah i don't think i don't i hope that didn't take away from anyone's experience i just think it i can't imagine just a technical glitch that was happening yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah uh staff yeah. being rude i mean took yes, away yes, from i can understand it being frustrating <laughs> mike did yeah not. i can understand it being frustrating right. for for uh you know, for JW, because obviously he's up on stage and everyone, all eyes on him and, and, you know, he wants it to be as perfect as possible. But yeah, you know, um, so, so they... I don't, um, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't remember the names of the people that were picked, but, uh, there were three people picked and, uh, I don't really remember any of the questions, honestly, <laughs> at this point. Yeah. They uh, were, I guess on the easier side from what I've seen, um, and they they were able to answer a couple of the questions, uh, not all of them, but more than I've seen uh, for certain shows. And um, without really covering all the questions, I think we try to cover the the final Jeopardy question. And I don't have it written down <laughs> word for word, but um, ah, yes, I sort do, of remember what it have, is. Well, so I mm-hmm. maybe you guys can help fill in some blanks. But the question was. What song, sure. without directly mentioning them, references Prince, Gilligan's Island, and Pulp Fiction? And I had nice. 0.0 idea. Uh, Dave, you immediately knew it. Uh, Aaron, how did you I immediately this knew it. Yes. He knew it so quick. No, Dave knew it so quick. And I, me and my dad are looking at each other going, uh, <laughs> trying to rack our brain. Uh, so, no, I did. we did not get it. Uh, but... Like I said, Dave, you he knew it very quickly, and well, Dave, yeah, yeah, yeah so, Dave so. like immediately knew it, and once I heard the answer, I realized that there's no way I would have uh, gotten it because I don't think I realized that those lines were references in the song. <laughs> so, you know, I've got weird out well, knowledge. I, know I that... don't have Prince Gilligan's Island or Pulp Fiction knowledge, unfortunately. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, I I, I know. I know uh, you're a bit younger than me, Ethan. So, I mean, the Prince thing, I sort of understand that that's probably was a little bit before your time. Uh, the uh, Gilligan's Island thing, I mean, that was old when I was a kid. You right. Know? So, I mean, I don't know how, how much, how much, if they were doing, Gill- still doing Gilligan Island reruns when you were, uh, when you were, you know, homesick or whatever. I don't think I, I ever have seen a uh, Gilligan's Island episode. Wow, that is that's insane that you were saying that. That's crazy. And uh, <laughs> well, Aaron, have you seen it? Aaron, you're about we're about a similar age. I feel like. 
You- uh, I used to watch a lot of uh, TV land. I would watch Brady Bunch reruns, and um, so yes, I've seen uh, I've seen Gilligan's Island. Yes. Okay, I I watched a lot of Brady Bunch as a kid. <laughs> I never watched, I guess, uh, Gilligan. I must not have had it on at the right time. Yeah, and, and again, yeah, and again, the Pulp Fiction again. That that's an older movie, and a pretty violent movie. So about when you came, when it came out, I don't remember what year it came out, but you were probably. Uh, six or seven years old, so you probably did not see Pulp Fiction. I, I, I mean, I remember well, going I, to see. I saw Pulp Fiction one time. It was like maybe ten years ago. Um, I actually remember yeah. it because <laughs> I watched it with my then girlfriend, and then uh, we broke up that day. So um, oh. <laughs> after dating for like three or four years, so I had I guess more on Jeez. my mind oh, no. than um, <laughs> quotes from Pulp Fiction that day. So it might have clouded my memory. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But yeah, I mean, when Pulp Fiction came out, it was, I loved that movie and I watched it multiple times in the theater over and over again. So oh, wow. I was definitely familiar with that. But yeah, uh, so uh, the the line uh, for, the, for Prince, uh, Prince has a song uh, called 1999 and, and the main lyrics of it are we're gonna party like it's 1999 mm-hmm. of course the lyrics in amish paradise you know then tonight we're gonna party like it's 1699 so there's and the, the answer is amish reference. Paradise. yes yeah yes the answer is amish paradise uh the the uh the gilligan's island reference uh the ending credits to gilligan's island so you really need to if you're watching it you need to i guess uh Stay for the ending credits uh, and hope they're not, you know, sometimes they don't even play the ending credits. They play like a promo for the next show or whatever. So if you're watching Gillings Island and you get to hear the ending credits, there's no phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single, not a single luxury like Robinson Crusoe. It's as primitive as can be copied word for word in Amish Paradise. <laughs> and uh, the other. <laughs> the other one, the Pulp Fiction one. Yeah, the Pulp Fiction one, right? Uh, there, it, there is a line in Pulp Fiction which I can't say the entire line, but uh, <laughs> Samuel Jackson's character says, "I need. We're going to get medieval on your insert uh, car ooga horn here." Um, <laughs> so, weird out. Change, change that word to I might have to get medieval on your hiney. So that is the Pulp Fiction reference in Amish Paradise. I picked that up immediately. So I really wish I had gotten that question as my final Jeopardy question instead of the ridiculous one that we got yep. way back in, in, in Los Angeles when yeah, we I were up on were, stage together. I wish you were playing um, at this show because I feel like you would have totally crushed it um, getting the questions mm-hmm. right and, and uh, of course, in Final Jeopardy right. Yeah, I would have loved to. I mean, any time I get to play Jeopardy I up on stage, I would have loved it. But yeah, on my birthday, that would have been pretty stinking majestic if I was up there. But I wasn't, <laughs> and that's okay. Uh, so after that, um, they started... Um, actually, no, this was kind of interesting because <laughs> I wanted to see where our seat was. Uh, Dave, we were going to be sitting next to each other, and... Um, I wanted to find our seat, so after Jeopardy, I went to find my seat, and one of the ushers is like, uh, sir, you need to leave. I'm like, like, I'm so confused. Like, I just, I'm like, dumbfounded. Like, what? Like, because every time we've been mm-hmm. to Jeopardy, you just, you know, you can find your seat, you can hang out, do whatever. 
But she's like, you need to leave. And I was like, oh, I was just going to find my seat uh, for tonight. She's like, well, you're going to have to do that later because you, you, we need to clear out now. And I'm like, it, it was just like so bizarre that I like, I could not comprehend what she was saying. So it's like, oh, well, I'm going to leave this way. And I just walked over to where my seat was going to be uh, before I left. But um, <laughs> it was very weird because they had us leave and then they, they let us back in like, I don't know, three minutes later. Um yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, that's a weird. That yeah, was very strange. You go ahead, Aaron. I was just gonna say because the doors opened at uh six. six yeah, for was it a seven o'clock show? Yeah, they opened at six, but Jeopardy ended at five fifty-two. So they kicked us out for those seven and a half minutes, and then <laughs> and then we were able to enter again and at six it didn't it didn't make any sense to me at all <laughs> it was yeah more yeah. power trippy kind of stuff it seemed like <laughs> yeah yes. it, was, it was very yes it was definitely very strange i mean i you know yeah, this is a, you know i, I had a, a a weird a similar experience you know i was i stayed i we were i were you know when you go in for jeopardy uh, they let you sit up front not they don't let you sit in your seat you can sit basically wherever you want uh, mm-hmm. you know, so where we were sitting a sort of, you know, further back, you know, in the small group that was there for Jeopardy. And, uh, you know, it is my birthday and a lot of people are sending me texts and Facebook, you know, birthday, you know, messages and things like that. And, you know, so I was, uh, said, I'll take this opportunity to just answer some texts and stuff and remain where I'm sitting. And then, you know, once, you know, I finish or somebody needs this seat, I will move. But yeah, security was like, you can't stay here. And I'm like, I'm just texting. I'm not doing anything in there. So they threw me out and then immediately basically <laughs> let me go back in if I wanted to. So that was weird. It was so bizarre. Um, just yeah. adding to the, the weirdness of the security and, <laughs> and how their actions unfortunately reflect poorly on Alan and his team when it's completely different thing. So if anyone's there or if anyone's at any venue and the, the venue staff is, is, uh, is weird. Um, just know that that's, that's not Al's fault. Um, <laughs> you yes. know, so during the little, uh, break, um, one thing, I guess one thing that they do give you, uh, on the VIP, uh, package is you do get a free non-alcoholic drink, which they give you a little like ticket that you can go in and, uh, and get your drink from any of the uh, the bars or refreshment stations in the theater. Well, one of the, the the main bar was out in that main lobby area, which you weren't allowed to go into. So <laughs> right, <laughs> I didn't understand that. You had to buy your drink before you actually went into the theater. So <laughs> I, I didn't know how to get my drink until somebody pointed out that there's a bar upstairs as well. So I had to go upstairs to get my drink. Um, while I was up there uh, and I'll talk about my little adventure and then you guys can fill in on what you did in the break. Uh, I was up there. I ran into our friend, Jeremy samples, who was also up there getting a drink. Actually, you know what? Jeremy and I met up in the theater and maybe it was Jeremy that told me that there's a, a, a place to get a drink upstairs. I don't remember, but we ended up uh, going upstairs together, getting our drinks. And I actually had found an extra drink ticket on the floor so i gave it to jeremy so he got a free drink as well great uh that was that was cool and uh um there uh 
while we were up there, I'm trying, uh, there were, uh, I I'd never had met this, this, these people before, but they immediately recognized Jeremy and they came over and started talking to them. And then, uh, they introduced themselves. They're Jeremy's friends. Uh, and I guess one of them, um, was on Weird Al forum. So I probably should have known who she was, although I didn't until Jeremy introduced us. Uh, but I did spend some time talking with uh, them and their names were Teresa and Julia and the friends with Jeremy, and they knew Jeremy very well. So it was uh, cool to get to, to chat with them. Of course, gave them a few wooden nickels and uh, podcast stickers. Yeah, So that, that was, was my great. adventure uh, up, up on the second floor. And let me tell you, though, uh, we talked about it on 28 centimeter, how like how ugly the uh, theater in Mankato is. It's such a difference at this theater. The theater itself, uh, the state theater in in. Minneapolis is a very pretty theater. It's just got all artwork on, you know, the the ceilings. It's got this really fancy chandelier. It, it's a very pretty old theater. It looks it looks nice. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to get to walk around and check out, you know, up on the second floor. You could kind of look over the balcony and see this line of people that were waiting in line for merchandise, but also uh, all the like the orniness <laughs> of the theater. You could tell it was built. Uh, what you know an older theater it was built with a lot right. of uh, you know or you know stuff to it. so yeah so that was basically my experience well, uh, during the break i guess during uh the break before emo set um i kind of just hung out with with uh aaron you and your dad brad and we just mm-hmm. kind of were chatting and and uh commenting on how low the the railing was and how unsafe that was and we were just kind of watching <laughs> yeah. the, the unruly merch line just be poorly handled by venue staff and we saw them like yelling mm-hmm, at people mm-hmm. and yeah we we're just <laughs> mm-hmm. overlooking we we're kind of walter uh and what is it walter and staldorf how do you statler help me dave <laughs> statler and waldorf thank you uh we we're kind of just <laughs> watching and commenting on uh the happenings as we sipped our drinks and <laughs> observed everyone yeah my dad my dad ended up spilling some of his ice that went uh <laughs> that went over over onto the first floor and so <laughs> oh no we, we got a nice we got a nice glare from security after that happened uh but otherwise yeah we just didn't, we just we people watched and we handed out you handed out some uh some wooden nickels as oh, well anytime right. yep. we saw a darwin t-shirt yeah, that was great. Oh, yeah. Was oh yeah, there was quite a few people actually in the audience with Dar with uh, Darwin T-shirts that were not there today, mm-hmm. so they had previously seen the uh, Twine Ball. That was pretty neat. Yeah, and actually, I did see yeah. a, a few people from the Twine Ball that were at the concert later that night, and I had already given them wooden nickels, and so they were like, "Hey, nice to see you again." So um, other people yeah. <laughs> were doing the same thing we did and uh, went to the Twine Ball first, which was cool. So after kind of hanging out, it's it, began to become that time uh so we headed back uh or i guess for the first time to our seats and um dave we had some pretty good seats yeah so uh i guess uh you know when you get vip sometimes you get really good seats but yeah our our seats were uh it was me you and jackie up in the front row like and it was interesting when jackie was saying when she was going to to sit down um 
she had looked at her ticket and misread it because, you know, when we buy our tickets, we buy them way back when they first go on sale. So, you know, we may know where we're sitting at that time, but as time goes by, we often forget where we're sitting. And especially somebody like Jackie, who's usually just along for the ride. I tell her we're going to these concerts and she's like, okay, I'll make sure I get those days off right. of work you know, type of thing. So she has like, she's not involved in the ticket buying process unless I absolutely need, you know, her to be involved. Right. Uh, so she just shows up the venues and, and goes to wherever the ticket says. She looks at her ticket and for somehow she misread it as row L. So she's walking, you know, uh, down and uh, I guess uh, she's trying to find row L and 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 she's like – I hands it to security guard and – or I mean, a, you know, an usher and the usher goes, oh, yeah, go up right up to the front. You know, so she's like, okay. So she goes up to this one section because there was – a sort of a, a little section with two or three rows and then there was another bigger section, you know. So she goes up to the section with two or three rows. She goes, there's no way there's a row L in this section. There's only three <laughs> rows in here, you know. So <laughs> hands, she goes, oh, anyway, hands it to the usher there and the usher's like, okay, you're front row right here. So she was pleasantly surprised to be in the front row. Yeah. But we were front row. Yeah, right in the right off front on, row. Uh, chemo some, side of the stage. Yeah, uh, that was, it was awesome. And, uh, so we took our seats and they were, uh, it was actually the pit. So they were like folding chairs, which are actually kind of more comfortable because you can kind of move them around a little bit and stretch out right. a little. And it was 758 um, that. Well, Aaron, where were you sitting? Aaron, where were you sitting? I was a little bit further back uh, with my dad. So, but we were on the, I was right on, it was a center aisle. Uh, so I was right on the aisle, and then my dad was one in. But we were we were uh, far back, but not not the front like I had the previous two nights. But it was still very okay, good gotcha. because we were center aisle, so it was great. Yeah, and you had told me a story that this was uh, something to do with "Wanna Be Your Lover" is an important song to you at this. <laughs> I had seen, yeah, I had seen Al at the State Theater uh, at least two times before this and the last time i had seen him at the state theater i also had an aisle seat and i was sat on and sang to during <laughs> wanna be your lover so it was a, uh, awesome y- yeah it was wonderful <laughs> <laughs> well we'll find out if al does want to be your lover in this uh and this uh concert or not and if you get the same experience <laughs> yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you got an ILC, you know, your, your chances are looking pretty good. Right. Right, uh, right. You're the correct gender and you're Anything on the aisle. You- That's all you can ask for. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> so it seems in my notebook, I, I wrote down the time wrong. Uh, the show started at, um, wait, did it start at eight? It started at seven, right? So I wrote down it seven. It started seven. at seven, show started yes. at seven. I wrote down yes. 7.58, but I suppose the actual time was 6.58. Oh. That JW took the stage. Yes. And uh, yeah, I mean, I wrote six fifty nine, but yeah, uh, more or less uh, moments before the official start time at seven o'clock, JW took the stage. And then I have uh, six fifty nine. The emo took the stage. Yes. So yes. it was all very prompt, uh, getting everyone on the stage, <laughs> and. Um, I think ever since Mankato, when we we had uh, um, alerted Emo to the fact that it was your birthday, um, I was really hoping that he would do that joke again uh, <laughs> on your actual birthday. And um, 
Uh, I will say uh, Emo came out in what I, I describe as the Harlequin outfit. seems like that's his outfit of choice uh, nowadays. It seems to uh, be the mm-hmm. one he's always wearing as opposed to being the, the kind of backup one. And um, Yeah, it's interesting because I, I can't remember the last time that Emo was not wearing that black and gold uh, outfit. Seems like that's the one that he goes to now, and I, I don't remember him seeing earlier in the tour he was wearing uh, like an oversized suit type of thing. Yeah, so I don't remember him wearing that recently. Hmm. But it did come time for the birthday joke, and he said, is anyone in the audience celebrating a birthday? And without any <laughs> hesitation, uh, Jackie and I went, him! And we started pointing at you. <laughs> and being right in the front row, like very close to the stage, Emo just immediately was like, oh, what's your name? <laughs> and uh, yeah, he said Dave. And uh, he did the joke yet again, Dave. And I have to imagine, um, I, I, I don't know this for a fact, um, but I haven't noticed Emo doing that joke two days in a row and having it be for the exact same person. So uh, you may you <laughs> may hold a record. <laughs> I may, I may. It was really nice to... I mean, this was my actual birthday, unlike uh, if you heard on episode 28, Centimeter. Uh, they sort of uh, made it my... Jackie and uh, Ethan sort of made it my pseudo birthday by uh, by throwing me <laughs> under the bus for that one. This one I was fine being thrown under the bus because it was my actual birthday, uh, <laughs> so I did get a nice birthday joke uh, from Emo. Yes, and um, I do I do just have to read my notes here. I'm trying to see. Yes, yes, da, da, da. Well, while you're reading <sighs> your notes, I'll, I'll just say that Emo had a great set. Uh, of course, got a standing ovation as um, as we typically observe. And um, did you have anything else with emo before I can I go? Yes, please. Yeah, can... yeah. So um, again, I won't say anything about his set or the, uh, you know any of his jokes, but he does do one uh, a Minneapolis versus St. Paul joke uh, oh, that yes. <laughs> I've heard him say several times in in Minnesota. Um, and he also did mention this the Acme comedy club which is where he performs and that's where i had seen him perform several times even before he was on um you know before the first vanity tour i became acquainted with emo through through that comedy club so i love that he mentioned acme because it's a very it's a super famous uh stand-up club uh in minneapolis and then there is where he always does that minneapolis versus saint paul joke which is hilarious and i don't know if you two found it as funny, uh, but the I know the audience laughed and, and loved it a lot. Oh, so yeah. I, I really like that he mentioned that one. It was yeah. it was great. And I, I do love that um, Emo seems to have, like, this insane Rolodex of uh, jokes that um, he will roll out for just, like, this certain city he's in. Um, he just, he's a total mm-hmm. pro, and, and you know he just has, like, all of these jokes. And he's like, well... This great joke only works when I'm in this city, so <laughs> might as well roll it mm-hmm, out and do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really fun to to get to see so many of those. Um, or certain jokes, well, he'll only tell them in the South. Or certain jokes, he'll only tell when it's like a, a coastal city or <laughs> stuff like that. It's very funny. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have, to th- I'll have to think about what my... I was going to have a Dave suggestion for 
for ETH, for uh, emo, but uh, I'm not exactly sure. I know what I wrote here and I still stand by it, but I'm not exactly sure how to present it uh, because I'm not exactly 100% sure of the, the correct context here. So I'm going to save that Dave's suggestion for a future episode, assuming the same situation comes up again uh, next time I see emo or another time I see emo. Okay, but uh, well, I have that. I do want to set ended at seven thirty one. Is that what you had, Dave? Um, I did not write down the end time for emos uh, set, so I'm gonna go with your your a memory there okay. or your notes there. <laughs> but I do want to point out, and I don't remember if this was before or after we we saw emo, but. Important to note that uh, not only were we where we were sitting was directly in front of Grammy Award winning Jim Kimo West, but it was also in front of another very, very important uh, thing that we talk about quite often on, <laughs> on our bonus centimeter episodes. We were directly in front of what I call the green square. Yes, you do call it the green square, Dave, and it is a yellow square. Um I've talked about well, that's this. still up in the air. It's still, it's still look green to me. Well, I've talked about it with many people, including Blair Freeman, anyone else uh, I've seen at a concert. And unanimously, except for you, Dave, um, it's agreed that it's a yellow square. So not quite sure. Dave, what, what color are tennis balls to you? Tennis balls are green. Well, it depends, actually. Oh. There are different There are different tennis balls. Uh there are there are green ones and there are yellow ones, so it it uh, hmm. it depends on which tennis ball you're talking about. Well, of course, Dave's going to okay. say green right. to whatever question you ask him, Aaron, just to <laughs> <laughs> keep this charade up. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, go I um, I remember you ready? looking at oh, it. Actually, I, I have remember... something that happened. Jackie and I agreeing that yeah, it was go yellow, but go ahead, Dave. <laughs> yeah, even. <laughs> Yeah, I was say say uh, Jackie even uh, siding on the ye- team yellow, but I'm still on team green. So all my team green supporters out there, please hashtag team green. Please support me. Dave, uh, have have you oh, considered please, that somebody. maybe when you got LASIK surgery, uh, they messed something up? <laughs> <laughs> just just putting that out there. I don't know. <laughs> it looks looks green to me. But uh, it was interesting because uh, during the little intermission between Emo's set and the start of the concert, uh, I see somebody out of the corner of the eye who I have not seen in many years. And uh, she comes down and she says, when I heard Emo say your name, Dave, I said, I wonder if that's Dave Rossi. And of course it is. It was uh, a friend of mine. Um, I've known... I think I first met her at Alcon 98. I've certainly had conversations with her online before. She's a Weird Al super fan. Um, her name is Stephanie Wild. And um, she's originally uh, from like the Wisconsin area, but she does a lot of, um, I don't know the term for it, uh, stage crew stuff, I guess. And uh, so she does a lot of traveling and she tears down, you know, and sets up. Uh, stages for you know different musical acts and different performances so she was actually in minnesota um oh cool doing uh 
I think Wicked or something, which was down yeah. the street from where Weird Al was. So she she mm-hmm. had to go to the Weird Al. And actually, she had told me that uh, just about a week ago, she got to uh, set up and break down a Weird Al concert. So that was really cool. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it was nice, really nice, to, nice, pleasant surprise to see Stephanie. I, I can't remember the last time I got to, to spend time and talk with her. Uh, so it was great to see her. And uh, if anyone, rem- if, like I remember her back from the IRC days, if anyone uh, was on there, her she was very active in that. Her nickname was Evita27. So um, that was uh, Stephanie. Really nice to see her. Very nice. Um, nice surprise. And uh Got to chat with her for for basically the whole entire uh, the whole entire break. I was chatting with her, and it was funny because at one point, uh, Kimo came out and he took a picture of uh, of the audience uh, during the little break. And Stephanie caught it out of the corner of her eyes, and I see her like turn back towards the stage, you know. So I turn around and I see Kimo, and I'm like, "Oh, great, Kimo probably got your face in the picture, but ended up getting the back of my head." So. <laughs> I have uh, to look for that picture that Kimo took. He did post it, and you can see both of you guys. You cannot see me, unfortunately, uh, for me. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, I'll have to look for myself. Yeah. So look. Okay. So look for me and Stephanie in that that picture. And um, after they were kind of setting up the stage, uh, of course, they bring out what uh, what goes next to Al, and I noticed. A vibra slap. I noticed a cowbell, and I noticed a jingle dingle. So I was thinking that perhaps <laughs> we were going to get um, close but no cigar, dare to be stupid, and perhaps airline Amy. Um, I was hoping when I saw the jingle dingle. So we'll have to see if if uh, got any of that right. But of course, the jingle dingle can also mean CNR. Um, so we'll have to see yep. if any of those were right. Well, this was interesting because. From where you were sitting, you could, I guess, see the table. But from where I was sitting, which was, uh, I guess, two seats away from you because Jackie was between the two of us, I could not see the table because it was blocked by some sort of speaker box or something that was up on stage. Uh, So I had no idea what was on the table. It was pretty cool because then that means I had no idea what songs were going to be played tonight. Usually if you were looking at that table that's set up next to Weird Al and you've seen in as many concerts as Ethan and myself have, you know, like you said, when you see the certain instruments up on the table, you can kind of figure out which songs are going to be. So I this entire show, I had zero idea what song may have possibly been being played, which I thought was pretty cool because I kind of was going into it blind, you know? Hmm. And anything you would like to share, Aaron, before we move on to when the concert officially started? Um, I would like to say that, uh, you know how JW says no pictures or no uh, videos. However, <laughs> right before the lights went dim, there was an announcement saying, you know, keep your photos brief. If you are to take a picture, just take a quick picture. Right. Um, and I think none of the security heard that. Uh, so where I was as far back, um, we'll get into this a little bit later, but, uh, they, like I said, I was on the aisle and they were patrolling that aisle for anyone who had their phone out, uh, like a hawk. So, um, I think it kind of died down a little bit towards the end of the show, but I, (laughs) I did just want to say that they were 
they were on it, any pictures. And I and hmm. I was kind of almost hoping that someone would stop me so I could say, hey, did you not hear the <laughs> did you not hear the announcement right before the show started? <laughs> um, uh, but uh, that was, um, you know, the security telling someone not to take a picture is more distracting than someone just taking a picture. I agree. So I didn't uh, I didn't really enjoy that. So I just that was that was my my just disclaimer for the next couple songs. <laughs> what was pretty interesting for uh, Dave and I and Jackie was the security, um, the guy like kind of gave us a little speech. The guy, I guess for our section, he's like, Hey, you know, uh, you feel free to take pictures and video, just, you know, keep it brief and try not to be distracting. And he's like, the only real rule we have up here is don't put anything of yours on the stage. We're like, oh, that that's very right. <laughs> we can do that. That's very easy. That's, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> right. They said, you know, if you if you stand up at any point in the concert, uh, you know, uh, you make sure that you don't you're not leaning up against the stage or put anything up on the stage. So that yeah, that but yeah, no, I mean, and I took multiple pictures during the show, and and nobody said anything or tried to stop me. So maybe it was, it's odd that the the uh, the photo policy was uh, enforced differently throughout the venue. That's yeah. interesting. Yes. But yes, yeah. the, and it is it also is also odd that, and I guess I never really noticed that until you pointed it out, Aaron. But yeah, uh, JW says no photos, yet later mm-hmm. on uh, there's an announcement that I think I've heard at pretty much every show I've been at that says, you know, mm-hmm. if you do decide to take photos, you know, please you know, keep it, keep it brief and be considerate of the people around you. So, yeah, right. uh, I, well, I don't I know what the official policy is. Well, I think <laughs> what it is, is the policy is no photos allowed during emo set. Um, but that, yes, you can take photos during Al's set. That's the official tour policy from my understanding, but how, a yeah, venue, and that makes sense, but yeah, yeah. Decides to interpret that. Uh, who knows? <laughs> So I have that the uh, the show officially started at seven forty six on the dot, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. the band sort of came out first. So I think we were initially thinking that it was going to be Fun Zone, but uh, it ended up being Lame Claim to Fame. Yeah, my initial reaction was also Fun Zone when I saw everybody come out. Uh, because Al was not out on stage uh, until after the music started, then he sort of walked out for Lame Claim to Fame. So that was I was surprised to hear Lame Claim to Fame. I was expecting Fun Zone as well. Um, it was uh, immediately apparent that Steve was not wearing sunglasses. He was wearing just his regular uh, vision glasses, no no tint and black. Uh, right. Not, uh, the shirt that Al was wearing was black with green leaves and white flowers. And it's definitely one that I've seen before. I don't know if I've named it before, but um, I did come up with a name. I thought the white flowers sort of looked like butterflies. So uh, this shirt is now named Butterfly Picnic. <laughs> nice. I like it. I yeah, it's cute, right? I, I did not get that out of that sh- that shirt. I would have probably gone a different direction, but well, okay, it's not, not my decision to name the You're not the, the namer, Dave, so. <laughs> Even though it was your birthday, you still don't have that distinction. <laughs> um, it was a, a, a great rendition of Lame Claim to Fame. I mean, 
certainly sitting as close as we were, Dave, was great. You could hear everything really well. I oh, could, yeah, yeah. I could really... Um, I noticed a lot during the show. Sometimes, not that the sound gets muddled, but it's it's not as clear when you're further back. And being that close, like, I could... S- like see Steve's finger strumming a, uh, you know, a bass string and hear that. It, like I could break it out and, and hear the different parts really, right. really well. It was like super clear and really crisp. And I think part of it was maybe just the, the venue, but also um, having a speaker like five inches from my face uh, didn't hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So after lame claimed fame, Al said, well, hello, Minnesota. And um, he, or no, I guess uh, Minneapolis. Um, yeah, Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, he gave it up for emo. And he said, if in the early 80s you told me uh, that in 2022 I would spend six months on a bus with emo Phillips, I would have said, eh, that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he said, I don't know if you were warned, but this show is going to feature all extremely unpopular songs like this one. And uh, they went right into <laughs> Close But No Cigar. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what I do during Close But No Cigar. What do you guys do during Close But No Cigar? <laughs> do you have any <laughs> rituals? <laughs> What do you do? What do you do, Ethan? I count the number of vibra slaps. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I noticed about uh, approximately ten in that I should have been counting the vibra slaps, so <laughs> I, uh, I I missed I missed the first few and went well. I don't know where I'm at, and then I was upset the rest of the song. So, <laughs> well, that, that's the service that I provide, Aaron. You can just sit yeah. and you can enjoy mm-hmm. the shows, and you don't have to worry about it uh, because okay. I will painstakingly count. I, uh, the vibra slap slaps. <laughs> uh, I did notice there you were... You know, Aaron, the same thing... Go ahead, Dave. The same thing happens to me, Aaron, is as I get into the song, um, and then I notice, oh, this is the song with the vibra slaps, and I bet Ethan would love some help if I was counting along <laughs> just to double check him. But at that point, Al's already done three or four yeah. or five vibra slaps, and I'm like, well, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, exactly. I, I can count, and I can say there were more than X amount, but right. yeah. it just doesn't. <laughs> At that point, I, I, I do the same thing. I always forget to count. So I'm glad that we have our resident fiber slap counter um, right. who's well, so, on the ball and counts every show. So if you if you remember from other times that I've counted or, or from when we've gotten reports, it's usually 15 or 16 or one time it was 17. Um, so tonight, <laughs> I for this show, I counted 16. So it was right in that same range mm. of 15 to 17. Um and I remember when he did this song in Chicago for the left Manolo line, he stuck out his foot and pointed at his shoe. And he did that again um, at this show. And I did notice toenail lights during Close But No Cigar. And I, I cannot remember if they're normally there or not, but I did uh, write that down. Well, yeah, they're not toenail lights. They're they're actually the crescent moon lights, and they're sort of in this this uh, circular oh, spinning you're right. pattern. You're right. But yep. they're they're yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're they're different. They're different than the toenail clipping lights or the so lights that we've Dave, been calling the toenail clipping. Would lights. you say that my yeah. calling them a toenail light was close, but no cigar? <laughs> mm, nice. 
Would I say that? No, but some people might. <laughs> so uh, th- there is a... Ethan, I do have a challenge for you on this song. Um, or, or maybe this should be my challenge. I don't know. Um, but since you're the one who likes counting, uh, I know you count along to the vibra slaps. But there is another spot in the song where um, Al's up on stage doing really fast clapping. You know what I'm talking about? Mm, I do know. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, how many claps are there oh at that point? Oh, boy. That's uh. a tough one. Um, yeah, we're gonna. That, have, would be the, that would be a hard. <laughs> it should be the same hard. each time. I would think, but you would think, but you would also think the vibra slaps would be the same each time. But according to <laughs> Ethan, they, they seem to vary. I suppose it's the wow. same. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, since I'm so, counting so the vibra maybe, slaps, I think maybe, you should be counting those, Dave. <laughs> yeah, see if I remember. I, I seem to forget. If I miss the first one, then I'm already out of luck. Right. <laughs> I mean, they go very fast, and, and I, I, I think I even tried counting them, but they were going too fast. Yeah, so, they go really fast. Um, I, 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 somebody's gonna need to just, just something else. If you don't feel like counting the viper slaps, something else out there that people can can clap, can uh, <laughs> count on, or can count for how many claps are, and and to fill us in if I can't remember to do it myself. Now, I know we're reviewing the Minneapolis show on this episode, um, but I did want to take this this opportunity to mention, uh, since our special guest, Aaron, um, you were at the Lincoln, Nebraska show um, the Friday before this one. Um, you noticed a couple things mm-hmm. that, that you sort of had told us off the air. So um, if at any point during this you, you feel um, is a good part to bring any of those up, um, I'd love for you to do so. Um, I'm not, I can't yeah, remember what they absolutely. were. But. Before, and be, before we get into that, though, I just want to point out that the Lincoln show took place on July 22nd, which was the day before July 23rd, which is our episode 28 centimeter, which is the day before July 24th, which is when we went to the Twine Ball in episode 27 centimeter. And now this is episode 29 centimeter, which is also July 24th. So <laughs> try to work that into the timeline. I don't know what number, if we had gone to Lincoln, that would be. Maybe we'd be recording it as episode 30 centimeter. Who knows? But yes, uh, it, it's, it's uh, just trying to get the people's timeline oh, all you. sorted. Yeah, thank you for the clarification on that, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's is that the lie is that the lie is that lied center l i e d center or is it like lead center? It would. It's been pronounced lead lead center. Lead is what oh, I okay. was what I've been calling it. Huh. Uh, but okay. I am not from Lincoln either, so I was unsure. But I I think I huh. I heard lead. Hmm. Okay. Uh, well, is there anything yes, you want again, to mention? If there's any point in the show where you want to hop in and, and let us know about your, your time at the Weed Center in Lincoln, Nebraska on July 22nd, let us know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, it sounds like okay. you, you. this is not the time. Uh, so I'll move on to after <laughs> Close But No Cigar. Al- yeah, I, I, I can't think of anything right now. No. <laughs> okay. Um, so after Close But No Cigar, Al said this was the first song. Um, he wrote for his third album right after a breakup. So he was not excited about um, writing a funny album. And of course that means <laughs> one more minute. Yep. I noticed that the, and I guess uh, he sort of does a pause near the end. And I noticed it was, it seemed a little bit longer than normal. Um, so that was the only thing I wrote down. What did you guys have? 
Yeah, so so what I had is uh, is I you know he just he didn't specifically mention this at this concert, but ever since I don't remember when I when he first mentioned this on this tour, but he was talking about how uh, he gives a whole backstory about um, about you know being in the surf or one of Dick Clark's uh, you know, rock who knows what I remember Motown Review or something to that effect. Um, and uh, they ended up censoring the word tongue. So every time I hear this song, I listen to see if he's going to censor the word tongue. And uh, we got the uncensored tongue version, Ooh. which uh, I think is important to, to note. Um, yeah. So if you have sensitive ears um, and you hear one more minute coming, you know, you may want to plug your ears for, for that line. <laughs> um, but the other thing I noticed is that uh and and this probably was just me who got to notice this because i picked the lucky seat um is that you know how uh bermuda is is up on stage he's in this sort of this plexiglass enclosure uh to help you know protect you know the the drums from being overpowering of everything well we're from where I was sitting, the plexiglass must have been really polished well. He must have done a good job cleaning it because I could see the reflection of Al in that plexiglass. Wow. So I could sort of see the like Al's back. Um, so I could <laughs> sort of watch the concert. Like if I looked over at Al, I would see, you know, the concert as if I was, you know, sitting in my seat looking at Al. But if I was looking at at Bermuda's plexiglass enclosure, I could see the concert as if I was sitting up on stage directly behind Weird Al. So I thought that was a pretty rare view that I had. Very cool. You know, of uh, getting to sort of see the, not only, you know, the concert as the rest of the audience saw, but sort of a on stage, backstage view of Weird Al. I thought that was pretty neat, uh, that view I had. So several times during the concert, I was looking over towards Bermuda's uh, plexiglass just to kind of get a different feel of this concert. That is cool. Now, I did see right after One More Minute ended, uh, Steve got right up and he left. But instead of just going off uh, on his side of the stage, he he crossed over and went off Jim's side of the stage. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Ruben, that was I didn't, interesting. Yeah. I was too too focused on steve uh i didn't see ruben leave but um then uh once Al started going into the spiel i i realized uh what song it was and uh i was really ruben left off on on the 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 right side on the ruben side of the stage and like you said steve Mm -hmm. crossed over so to the gym side of the stage so it was interesting that they went separate directions you know, as they yeah. were moving the stage. Well, so Al told his story about um, being at a party and trying to name the the greatest humans to ever live. And I wrote down the names, and I was I was really excited about one of them he wrote down, Dave. I'm sure you know which one I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, um, it was I, the first one he said. Um, he said Da Vinci, then Confucius, Einstein, Gandhi, and all of his friends are idiots because Charles Nelson Riley is the greatest. But um, <laughs> Dave and I, we... <laughs> Ever since we had, um, uh, I think it was Andrew Gregory on uh, for the second time on the podcast, and he told us about his favorite meme of the year, whenever we had him on, um, <laughs> being the Da Vinci twins, where they pronounced Da Vinci, yes. Da Vinci. Um, any opportunity to say Da Vinci, Dave and I say Da Vinci now. So when Al, yes. when Al said Da Vinci, I was thinking, Da Vinci? <laughs> 
yes, yes. I did the same thing, Ethan. I was so it's, excited. It's amazing. Like anytime I see, yes, anytime I see Da Vinci anywhere, I say Da Vinci. There's even a, there's a bake there's a bakery in uh, in near where I live called uh, Da Vinci's Bakery, <laughs> da and uh, every time we get like bread or something from there and we get it in the box and it's just like ah da vinci <laughs> so yes yeah, so uh, it's it's yes i picked that up that was hysterical <laughs> to me in my mind yeah, there was somewhere and i'm glad you picked that, that up we too. kept walking by in in las vegas called da vinci and uh, we said it every time <laughs> it's in one of the one of the resorts or whatever um but yes then they went right into uh, cnr mm-hmm and um, so I had a uh, suggestion that I think came from this song. So let me um, see if Frank can play the music for us. Mm-hmm. It's Ethan Suggestions. So my suggestion is Al has the tambourine, or as it's better known by the Jingle Dingle. I think that we should get a Jingle mm-hmm. Dingle solo, and I think Al should call it that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have any cosigns? I like that idea. <laughs> I'll, co- I'll co-sign a Jingle Dingle solo. Okay. I, I like that idea. All right. <laughs> yeah, I'll, t- I'll, I'll do the solo, but maybe not... Maybe just call it a tambourine solo, but uh, no. <laughs> no, I agree. I'll agree with you. I'll agree right. with you. Yeah, ta- yeah, tambourine solo would be cool. I mean, it's interesting because Al does have a, like you know that table of other instruments that he uses for different songs, and I don't remember him at least on this tour calling for a solo of any of those instruments. So yeah, I would love to see additional solos. Yeah, like. Uh, and sometimes tambourine or I mean, megaphone solo or anything, yeah. <laughs> like the megaphone solo, he could just scream into it. <laughs> he could just be like, "Ah, all right." <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> I think there's a lot of potential there, and it, you know, sometimes like if he calls yeah. for a, a bass solo, sometimes Steve's not ready. I mean, I guess uh, Bermuda's usually ready because um, he's sitting there with sticks in his hands, but um, he's not switching over. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think Al should do more uh more solos himself like uh um like he did in chicago when he did the um the uh pipe organ solo that he called for right um so i have a couple comments on cnr let's hear them um again uh i wrote down <clears throat> red lights uh meaning i really like the red lights uh that are in this particular song cnr um, mm-hmm. And then there is a there is a line in this song that reminded me of something that I was talking to uh, Mayor Josh Johnson about earlier in the day. Um, Back on episode twenty seven, the, the line in this <laughs> <laughs> the line is uh, in the song is uh, you know four minute mile with an engine strapped to his back, blindfolded with well, an engine uh, rocks. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, talking about the four-minute mile, well, um, Darwin, Minnesota, uh, at their Darwin Days, uh, puts on uh, what they call a Twine K, which is 3.3 miles instead of 3.1 miles, 
uh, not quite a, a little longer than a 5K race through the town. I don't remember why it was 3.3 instead of 3.1. but uh, Something to do with the twine ball itself, but, uh, I feel like. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and listen to that episode or ask uh, Josh about it. But uh, yeah, so so it's the fact that I was talking about running you know, a, a four-minute mile with an engine strapped to his back, uh, I thought was... Uh, Reminded me of the conversation I had with Josh because we were talking a little about the Twine K and how uh, <laughs> how uh, he he how uh, he had actually sent me after the episode aired uh, where we talked to him. He sent me he had a leftover Twine K um, shirt from the previous uh, run, so he had sent me one, and I let him know that I actually ran a Twine K after he sent me the shirt. So I earned the shirt. And then he told me about the course and how it went through town and it went up this hill and, and all this other stuff. So we had a nice long conversation about the Twine K. So it was a call back to that. So I'm pretty sure that's exactly why Weird Al did CNR this evening, because he knew I would talk to Mayor Johnson about the Twine K. How thoughtful. Mm-hmm. Yes. So nice. <laughs> Well, it was after uh, CNR. Al picked the accordion back up, and um, but we should mention can that, that one, Steve. Can... Yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I was. Can I say one more thing about CNR? Um, I I uh, humped along with Al to the uh, sweet sweet love to a manatee, <laughs> uh, and I just wanted to say that my my uh, dad turned to me and said, "That's disgusting," and um, <laughs> just the line. <laughs> just, so uh, I just had to I just had to say that he just went, "That's that's disgusting." So um, okay, that was all I wanted to say about that one. <laughs> so was it disgusting that his daughter was was humping along? Was the line disgusting? Or was it just the, the uh, combination of everything? I'd say the I'd say the combination um, of the of the words and and what I was uh, watching your daughter uh, hump to. Well, I I can uh, say I did probably I did uh, hump along in my my seat as well, Aaron. So maybe that's what your dad was referring to. No, I, no we could not see you. It okay. was definitely uh, just me. So. <laughs> I'll say that Steve did come back uh, from the same side of the stage that he left as at, and Ruben did come back from the same side of the stage that he left as. Oh, I'm glad you noticed that. At, I didn't notice that. So, um, yeah. Well, so Al started saying, um, well, I, you know, it's the last week in July, and you guys are all thinking, when are you going to play some Christmas music? And uh, <laughs> he says, uh, you know, you guys must be feeling festive. And... Um, he did not say the uh, how many days were left. No, he did not. Um, and he, he didn't do that in Mankato either. So I wonder if Al forgot when Christmas is. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Or maybe because it's July and it's basically, I mean, July 24th would be almost the halfway mark yeah. between uh, Christmas. So well, right. I, I was wondering, um, hmm. was he going to do... Um, Ground Zero again. I was kind of hoping for that, just just because it's a mm. uh, less common song to hear on this tour, and I was hoping to get it again. Um, but I was uh, instead um, pleasantly surprised with my second place choice. The night Santa went crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to disagree with you, Ethan, because uh, this is my this was my fifth concert, and I had uh, not heard Santa went crazy yet. So I was oh. very excited to hear. Um, to hear wow. this one because it was a it was a first for me. 
Oh, so, that's so great. Well, I'm, I'm on this tour. I changed yeah. my answer. I'm very happy they played the Night Center. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, how did you? Wow, think? I'm surprised. That's a that's an interesting. I know a lot of you know our guests and and people we talk to have mentioned. Oh, I haven't heard this song, or I'm hoping to hear this song. But I feel like the Night Center went crazy. Is probably. I mean, I'm not looking at at the spreadsheet or anything so i could be totally off here but at least at the concerts i've been to, i feel like that one's been played quite a bit so it's odd that you went to five shows and did not get to hear it until until tonight or until the you know mm-hmm. this concert yeah yeah that's just oh. i guess uh weird timing yeah because it is one of the more right uh, it's not one of the most common ones but it's certainly more common than uh some of the other yeah. ones that you'd already gotten on um on your shows right one thing I, I was noticing, um, so in the Mankato show, um, it was pretty clear that the only two colored lights during Christmas at Ground Zero were red and green. And I noticed there's a lot more variety yep. in the colors for Christmas at, or not, <laughs> I'm getting them all confused. There, there was a lot less variety for the night Santa went crazy. Um, yes, there's a lot of red and green, but there's also purple and blue and, and some other stuff that um, cycle through. So I thought that was kind of yes. interesting. Hmm. Yeah, it seems to only be for the refrain that is. That it goes back to the red, red and, and green, yeah. Yeah. I guess. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and speaking of the red and green lights, uh, I th- think it might have been you who who mentioned this, or somebody mentioned this, and I started looking for it after it was mentioned um, that the lights, uh, uh, the the red and green lights, sort of split Weird Al's face pretty much down the middle. Like half of his face is mm-hmm. red and half of his face is green. And I thought that looked really cool. And I don't know that I would have thought to look for that had somebody mm. not mentioned it on on a previous episode before. So I did get to see that. Thought that was pretty cool. And the other uh, lighting bit in this song is that um, that uh, you know, at least where they have the lights uh, on this this. Uh, this tour it seems like that ruben is often the light is set up so that he's often projected up onto the back screen yeah he's huge in the back yes yeah (laughs) so um it i just thought that looked really cool with the green lights and ruben up on you know the (laughs) the the wall like that you know his shadow up a silhouette up on the the wall so i wrote that down i thought that was cool that's great yeah i love and uh there was one point and yeah, there was one point which I wrote down. Um, I felt like Al was speeding through some lyrics to sort of catch up um, after, you know, the line about um, the movie rights. Hmm. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked that up or it was just me hearing things or making things up hmm. or not. But I wrote that down. I felt like he was sort of speeding through the lines to sort of catch up to the, the music. Hmm. So. No, I didn't catch that, I guess. I didn't either. Um, well, I was uh, disappointed because we did not get a pipe solo, pipe organ solo for the next song. <laughs> uh, but Al said, um, the next song begins with pipe organ. And luckily, we yeah. have one right here. And uh, uh, yeah. referring to his accordion. <laughs> and, of course, this led into um, a fan favorite uh, song. Which was Nature Trail to Hell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Under, under this song, 
sorry, under this song is where I have that my dad whispered over to me and said, I like Ruban's shadow on the back wall. <laughs> so this is the song where uh, we, had, cool. we had noticed that. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I'm glad your dad liked it. Yeah, so I have, I have a couple notes on this song. Go for uh, it. I like that the the I like the way the the I mean, this song is is incredible. First of all, I, I'm, I was very excited to hear this song. Yeah. Um, but uh, one thing I do love about this song is the way that it has it incorporates sort of the fog and the lights in, into this like sort of really really pretty uh, you know stage presence. Um, I like the way that at this show the fog sort of rolled in off of the side of the stages and headed towards like Weird Al, like, and then sort of met in the middle with Weird Al. I like the way that looked. Um, My big note on this song was so much fog. And it was... <laughs> yeah, there was like, a lot of fog. I noticed that during the sort of uh, chorus of the refrain, that's when the fog really started pumping. And uh, by the end of the song, it was just like, it was spilling over off the stage onto us, um, which was really cool. So, <laughs> all right, so this one's sort of, I guess, a uh, maybe maybe will make sense at some point for people who listen to uh, another uh, bonus episode series that Ethan and I have in the works. Uh, but this is for you, Ethan. Um, okay. In the song, uh, there's the lyrics that say he hacks up two or three in each scene, in every scene. Mm-hmm. Uh and I'm just wondering, like a, a movie, you know, if someone's filming a movie, you know, it has multiple scenes. And I just, I've, you know, never having been on, you know, a set of a movie or anything like that, you know, I'm just curious just about you know, how many, you know, scenes are actually in a movie. And I was just wondering if you had any guess as to, uh, as to, you know, the minimum number of scenes that might show up in in let's say oh, I don't know weird the Ayankovic story if hmm. you any any idea yeah that's a that's an interesting question and I, I guess I would have to think that you know something like Nature Trail to Hell seems kind of like a low budget um, kind of slasher flick so maybe it's a, a little less complicated than the number of scenes uh, but I mean it is in 3D which seems like uh, more advanced so that that's a good point Dave I, I, I don't know how to how to really answer that one. I mean, I feel like if if there was a, a something like that, there would have to be at least at least twenty seven scenes in a movie. Uh, I would feel like that, so. Yeah. I mean, hacking up two or three, yeah, right. That's it, a lot. It of feels people. reasonable that you know. <laughs> yeah, hacking up two or three in each scene. I mean, that that's you know that's quite a bit. That's you know, <laughs> it's a bit excessive. <laughs> a bit excessive. This is a very violent. Uh, a movie, I would say that. Um, but then the other thing is, since uh, since you were deciding to count all the vibra slaps, I decided to count how many times uh, Al spun the little ratchet. Okay. The ratchet noise that he. I didn't count them, but so, let me um, guess. So when he does the ratchet, <laughs> when he does the ratchet, uh, he spins it around. I'll give you the, this hint. He gives. He spins it around three times, and that. The three times he spins it around, I'm counting that as one ratchet, one ratchet noise. Okay. I don't okay. know what the proper term is. Well, so how many ratchet noises, how many times? And that's either you or Aaron can answer that if you have any well, guesses. Well, I think I know the answer. Do you want to take a stab, Aaron? I have uh, – no, go for it. <laughs> I, I would say there are four separate times that he uh, he spins the ratchet. There. 
There might be, but I counted five. Oh, okay. Oh. Maybe that's worth uh, counting because I, I recall. So that might be. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I counted five, so I mean, maybe I, I could have counted wrong, but five is a pretty low number, so it's hard for me to. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, 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 I'll, I'll try to, if well, we'll see if I can remember to to count and 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 uh, keep that in mind for <laughs> next time. We're gonna be exhausted from all um, the, and the uh, other thing, counting we're doing during. I know the counting we're doing. I know. <laughs> I thought there was uh, oh the other. Um, Thing I, I have quite a few comments about this song, I guess. Uh, there are some really nice uh, blue lights that come on, you know, in sort of that fake out moment. You know that moment where it, it sort of sounds like the song's ending, but it's really not yep. ending. And if yep. anybody who's listened to the album version should know that it's really not ending, but the audience seems to fall for it thinking it's ending. <laughs> Every time. Um, a few people are clapping at that point, and uh, including the 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 few people that were sitting next to me on the other side of me, not, not the, not Jackie and you, but the other side of me, those people started clapping thinking the song was over, <laughs> but there are really nice blue, uh, lights during that fake out portion. So I, I think, uh, just put that out there to kind of look for that next time. Uh, you're, you're watching nature trail to hell. Hmm. Um, and that's I was, all I have about that. The other thing I wanted to say about Nature Trail, and I hope you uh, notice this, Dave, is uh, when Al does the cranking of the uh, ratchet, he does some really funny, uh, creepy faces. And then his little uh, <laughs> yes. laugh laugh at the end is is, uh, is pretty great. Um, so we, ha- we had a great mm-hmm. view of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that part in the song. With his sort of maniacal, <laughs> creepy faces and maniacal laughing, I love that. Yeah, it's 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 just an incredible song to see live. Anybody, I mean, I'm a huge fan of the song "Nature Trail to Hell," but anybody who's going to a Weird Al concert should hope that that is in their set list Absolutely. because that is one that you definitely want to see live. Definitely. Uh, so afterwards, Al asked if people were a fan of uh, uh, country music, and um, and uh, <laughs> he said, of course, the country was Jamaican. And uh, what does this say? He said it's a it's a it's about a uh, Jamaican immigrant uh, uh, coming to uh, America and his transition into our culture. And then it was buy me a condo. And now I I feel like I caught like a, a little bit of a, a lyric flub during this. Did either of you feel like there was anything? I I did too. What did you hear? I caught it too. I heard that. Well, I guess maybe did he forget some words before and then said funny little T-shirt? Yes, that's what I got. Is it? Is it? Okay, yeah. He just he didn't say. He missed like three words and just didn't say them and then just came in at the end of the line. Yes. Which I thought was strange. Yep. That's what I um, had written down. It it was just sort of, (laughs) um, I guess, before the, I get a funny little t-shirt with the alligator on, with the alligator on, he just said, funny little t-shirt with the alligator on. He didn't say the, I get a. Yes. Or I get D. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad that we both caught that. Um, <laughs> anything from you, Dave, on buy me a condo? 
Yeah, good catch. I I don't remember I don't remember hearing that. So I I obviously happened, but wow, good catch. Uh, yeah, I mean I thought I like the I thought the the lights in this song are fun. They're sort of yellow lights that are in this song, um, reminiscent of the yellow square <laughs> or the green square. Oh, but no, uh, oh, but okay, okay. but the other uh, <laughs> no, but just no. Uh, the the other uh, line um, he talks about, of course, uh, having a weenie barbecue, reminded me of uh, the pickled wieners that we had earlier in the day. Oh yeah, at the Twine I don't Ball. think we talked about back um, on Twenty Seven Centimeter that you, I think you tried a pickled wiener for the first <laughs> time did. live on Instagram. So if people want to see that, uh, yes. at Two Thousand Inch on Instagram. Oh gosh, yes. Mmm, they are and you delicious. Loved it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Almost as good as the Twinkie Wiener sandwich I tried live on the air. <laughs> I I don't know which one I would if I had. I'm not sure which one if I had to try one, one of them again. Which one I would go for? I don't know. They were both so delicious. I couldn't possibly eat them both. <laughs> but yeah, it was interesting that. Uh, I mean, besides that connection, you know, obviously uh, me trying the the pickled wiener for the first time ever uh, and us having pickled wieners at, at my little birthday party in the park in Darwin. Uh, uh, but it's interesting that he mentions weenies in um, or wieners and weenies in uh, both the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota and buy me a condo. So it's uh, double mentions of weenies. Hmm. Very interesting. <laughs> well, so after Buy Me a Condo, uh, Al said, as he said before, that concludes the cultural appropriation portion of the show. Uh, <laughs> and then um, maybe you guys are going to have to help me with this. This one was uh, a lot to write down, and I, I think we even discussed uh, some different um, mm-hmm. things. But I heard that I heard Al say it was basically halfway through the tour. He said, right, John? And um, uh, I, I heard John say 11.50 tonight. Um, but it depends on how you do the math. And um, so then I don't know how Al got to it, but he says, I'm nostalgic for, uh, for the joys of childhood. <laughs> so maybe can you guys fill in any <laughs> blanks there of what I may missed, may have missed? Yeah, I felt like, I mean, I think you, you did pretty well uh, catching everything that I had written down. But I felt like uh, that uh, the line about depends how you do the math was a uh, reference to the, I believe it was four shows pretty early on in the tour that needed to be postponed. And I don't know how they mm. fit into the whole the whole math if they're including those as as having, you know, mm. being done to make it the halfway point of the show or if they're... Um, not including those and going to include them later on in the tour when they finally do make up those dates or at a future time when they make up those dates or if they're not including them at all. I don't know. So I think that's what Al's comment about it depends how you do the math was uh, meant to to be. Do you include those four shows that were not performed or not? And where do you include them if you do include them? And I heard Bermuda add mountain time, but... I, I don't know why or how that would be related because um, the, sh- 
I mean, it didn't start or end in mountain time and we aren't in mountain time. I don't know. I don't know why. Maybe I heard that. Maybe I heard that incorrectly, but uh, yeah, I thought that was, that was funny as well. Huh. Just to add that in there. Yeah. I don't know who, who said it to me, uh, but I don't know if it was one of you folks or someone else, but uh, someone mentioned that instead of 1150, he probably said 1159. I think that would make more sense. Um Oh, that would make more sense, yeah. (laughs) But I'm not completely sure. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure. Nope. Yeah, but that's interesting. I mean, whether however you do the math, it depends on how you do the math. But I didn't realize that they were basically, essentially, at the halfway point of their tour at this point. It just does not feel like, I mean, it's a six-month tour, right? So uh, it just doesn't feel like three months have passed already. So that's... It's crazy. That took me by surprise when he said that. Yeah, it is crazy. Just time flies mm-hmm. when you're having fun. And I've been having a lot of fun <laughs> going to the concerts ever since uh, the end of April. So, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's interesting. It's Yeah, I had I had no idea that it was the halfway point or approximately the halfway point of the tour. That's that's was a surprise to me. So, yeah, I guess uh, the tour's winding down. I guess they're in the last last stretch of the tour. <laughs> Well, uh, being nostalgic for the joys of childhood, of, of course, means good old days. And um, uh, there were the toenail clipping lights, um, as, we, yes. as we all love. And um, mm-hmm. I don't know if it, if you may not have seen this, Aaron, due to being a little bit further back. Dave, I don't know if you would have seen it from mm-hmm. your angle, um, but his accordion is down for this song. And... I saw like a piece of hair hanging off the accordion <laughs> and I noticed that oh. for it was there for a couple songs sort of in the uh, the strap on the um, I guess uh, the the Steve side of the accordion. Um, so <laughs> when you're as close as you can see hair, uh, a strand of hair <laughs> hanging off the accordion, uh, I think you've got some good seats. Um, so I had to point yeah. that out. It was Al, was say. it Al's hair? It was curly. It looked like a an Al hair, yes. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. <laughs> wow. I No, I definitely did not catch that. Wow. Uh, interesting. So, um, good old days. It was a good old song. Of course, it's uh, you know it always gets a great reaction from the audience. And um, I didn't have anything outside of the toenail lights and, and noticing the hair uh, for that song. <laughs> nope. Nope. Ready to move on. Mm-hmm. So there was. He said a lot in this one again. Um, I was trying yep. to write it all down. Um, he said that, um, oh boy. Well, he started talking about uh, the talking yeah, part, heads. And... Yeah, part of my job is yeah, pop is pop music awareness and uh, right, right. Thank you. And, yeah. and uh, in talking the, about, talk when he was going to college in the late seventies, that's where he found a lot of his favorite music, including Devo, Oingo Boingo, and the Talking Heads. And he said the Talking Heads started out at art students who went to. Um, the Rhode Island School of Design, uh, or RISD, and then he said that um, his daughter um, applied to go there, got in, but decided not to go. Um, yeah, wow. <laughs> and then he talked about the Talking Heads playing at CBGBs and then getting a record deal and not really, um, and kind of 
right out of college becoming, you know, the talking heads and, and getting fame. And he said, uh, what if they were not famous right away? What would David Byrne do at a dead end soulless <laughs> desk job? And he said, that's the inspiration for this next song, which was, of course, Dog Eat Dog. Yes. And uh, Dog Eat Dog. One of the favorites on my. One of your favorites. On this tour. Yeah. One of my favorites, uh, just be- the lighting in this and his actions and faces are, uh, I-, I hope to see this every single, every single show I'm at. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah, a- I was definitely very, very animated during this, uh, this song. And yeah, uh, especially sitting as close as I was and Ethan was, uh, mm-hmm. we could see Al's facial expressions very well. And I certainly was concentrating on them, uh, because they were amazing during this song, and uh, as you mentioned, you know the, the the hand actions that he does and everything. Yeah, it's definitely uh, um, definitely a cool song. Uh, definitely fun to see, mm-hmm. especially the lighting and everything. And uh, for me, uh, I thought that uh, that the strobe lights that are going on, the sort of strobe light effect that's going on at the end of the song, it looked really awesome from where I was sitting. Yeah. So I was yeah. glad I yes. got that. That. Uh, yeah. So after that, Al started talking about how he met the members of his band. Um, he said on uh, September 14th, 1980, um, and he said this a little bit differently uh, than he normally does about meeting Bermuda, uh, that he needed uh, someone to, um, you know, bang on the drums. And Bermuda said, um, hey, I, I play the drums. Um, so that's how they met. And then he talked about meeting Ruben on Grinder, uh, And then... He said, but for Jim and Steve, he met them, he was, uh, 1981, Tijuana, south of the border, um, he was told to stay away from a certain neighborhood. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but he heard, uh, through a hot tip that there was a lounge act, lounge act in this, um, dingy neighborhood where he had to Mm -hmm. keep his money in his shoe. And, um, and that's where he, <laughs> that's where he met, um, Jim and Steve performing the song. And he said, right then and there, he signed them to a 40 year contract. And then, uh, he turned to Steve and he's like, oh, that's actually coming up soon. We probably need to renegotiate after the show. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I hadn't heard him ever, um, <laughs> say that before, but I really liked that. Um, so Dave, are, so yeah, and and uh, go ahead. No, no. There, so while you were, I mean, I I know you're you're very busily writing down things, so you probably missed a couple things that were happening that was happening up on stage as as I was telling this story. But as the story was getting more and more crazy, uh, I was looked over at Steve, and Steve's face was just like amazing, and he was you could tell he was trying to hold back like laughing because <laughs> the story was getting more and more ridiculous. And uh, then, of course, when he when he turned, because I'm guessing my guess is that uh, that Steve and Ruben and the other guys up on the stage have no idea what story Al's going with. Uh, <laughs> right, and, right. And and they're hearing it for this at the same time that we're hearing it for the first time. Um, so you could kind of tell that Steve was just wanted to see where this story was going. And uh, when it came up to the line where he was talking about. Um, <clears throat> 
Hey, you said it. Oh, 40 years is almost up. It's you know time to renegotiate. Uh, Steve sort of, although he wasn't wearing a watch, he sort of tapped his arm right. as if you know he was wearing his watch. <laughs> and, you know, so, so oh, yes, like it. as yes, time's running out. You know, on this on this 40 year contract. Yeah. So <laughs> it was Steve, Steve was Steve sort of you know the the story that Al told was incredible, but you know Steve's facial expressions and actions during this this uh, introduction sort of stole the spotlight. I thought that, that was great to watch. Oh, I love it! I love the subtleties of Steve uh, during the stage, during the show. Well, so Dave, you you typically tweet out the set list. Um, do you recall what you named this edition of Dare to Be Stupid? Yeah, I, I've been so far been able to do it at every single concert I've been to, uh, tweeting along, live tweeting at Elvis Arama on Twitter, and yes, I tweeted out for this one: Dare to Be Stupid, Tijuana. I'm sorry, Dare to Be Stupid, Tijuana Lounge Version. Mm, excellent. Um, and uh, this is this, this is the song where Weird Al mentions Wooden Nichols. Wooden Nichols, yes, I wrote down mm-hmm. Wooden Nichols. I was so excited when he <laughs> said that line because <laughs> I had a couple in my pocket at that point. So I, <laughs> oh, you should have threw them up on stage. I, I don't know if that would be annoying. Well, that, that would be that's out. the one thing the usher told us not to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> it's against the rules the one rule that you guys had the one did nice they say not throw or venue. did they say not put i think he's i think they said not do not put anything on the stage i okay. don't think they said do not throw anything do on not the stage. hurl okay yeah he didn't say to hurl anything at, at, at al so i technically i guess could i have i could have <laughs> um well of course uh after al starts with the cowbell there's the line um can I have a volunteer? And so I uh, did volunteer with well, my right hand. Well, I have hand. something before you get to the uh, okay. the cowbell. Uh, I do have uh, something about the cowbell um, that I don't know if uh, if you picked this up or not, if you're too busy getting ready to volunteer. Maybe Aaron saw it from back to where she was sitting. But Al sort of, as he was tapping the, uh, the cowbell, he sort of fumbled the stick that uh, he was using. But uh, he didn't like drop it or anything. Yeah, I did notice he, like, he missed a few hits. Almost looked like he was going to drop it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then he recovered. Hmm. I mean, there's a lot going on for Al on I stage. <laughs> yeah. And as long as we're on the subject of the cowbell, and, and since this apparently appears to be episode where we're counting, I was wondering uh, how many hits, uh, I actually wrote in my notes, how many cowbell hits does uh, Al make? So there's another thing to count. And <laughs> I did start counting along. <laughs> I got to I got up to twenty four, and then I stopped counting because it was way too many. Uh, so there, I'm guessing. So it's at least twenty four. I'm guessing that there's probably got to be like a hundred hits. I mean, there there's quite Jeez. a few uh, cowbell hits in this song. Dave, you're welcome to count. I I will not be taking on that that task. <laughs> oh, I'm just being silly because again, it's late at night when we're doing this. Uh, <laughs> Well, so Dave, but yeah, uh, so so in this song, there is a there's a moment where you vo- where where I'll ask for a volunteer. So I'm curious to know if you volunteered or not. I volunteered with my right hand, and I'm curious, Aaron, do you volunteer normally, and did you uh, at the show? I volunteered with my left hand, and I was also I had a direct shot of you, Ethan. So I saw you clearly raise your hand as well. So I can vouch wow. that you uh, that you raised your hand. Thank you for yeah. keeping me honest. 
You're welcome. welcome. Wow, two volunteers. You got some competition now, Ethan. You're going to have to uh, flip a wooden nickel and find out who gets to be the (laughs) official volunteer. Yeah, I've yet to be chosen. Uh, were you chosen, Aaron? Did, did you, <laughs> after the show, get handed a shovel? I, no. <laughs> Unfortunately, no, I was oh. not. I, I don't know if we said this on the on, on, an, on an episode uh, earlier, if somebody asked us off the air, but uh, somebody was confused as to what all the volunteering is in this song. So can you clarify what exactly the both of you are volunteering for? <laughs> to make a mountain out of a molehill. Of course. <laughs> of course, yes. Yeah. So there's the lyrics, right? You know, about you know, can't make a mountain out of a molehill. Can I have a volunteer? And that is the point in the song where, where Ethan and Aaron raise their hands and uh, <laughs> try to get picked to be a volunteer. And I don't know that he's ever picked anybody to be a volunteer. Not that I've seen, but I keep no. trying. Hmm. It seems to be more of <laughs> Maybe a rhetorical one day. question. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, so um, after Dare to be Stupid, um, I saw Steve stand up, and as soon as he started putting on the headphones, I was like, oh boy, we're getting Craigslist. I was so excited. Um, Yes, yes. So um, Al said, uh, back in 1967, during the Summer of Love, um, you know, I guess was this song was, was recorded, and the only way to get it was a physical... On, on physical form is a Japanese import bootleg, and he said it's really, really <laughs> rare, and um, that Jim, yep. Jim Morrison was years ahead of his time uh, because it was still a uh, another half century before um, everyone learned about Craigslist. <laughs> mm. And um, and then so bef- this before the song started, uh, Jim was having a guitar issue of some sort. Yeah, so I saw I saw because obviously Jim <clears throat> Jim was sitting directly in front of us. I saw that at as he was kind of setting up, he called off to the side of the stage. He was calling for the the uh, stage manager Hawkeye. He called him to come over, kind of motioned for him to come over. And I heard because I was so close to Jim, I heard him actually say to Hawkeye, "It's not as in it's not plugged in or it's not working mm. or something's going on because." I, I, he just said, it's not. And then Hawkeye immediately knew what that meant. Um, so Hawkeye fixed it. Uh, so, so it's not is code for something. Um, and Hawkeye knows how to fix. Uh, so I wonder uh, if, um, that, so it was f- with, with his wireless headphones. I wonder if, if, uh, Hawkeye has a channel in to tell Steve something and maybe he was like, Hey, check this. And then Jim's response was, it's not, uh, cause that seems like kind of a weird code mm-hmm. word. <laughs> <laughs> to have yeah it was like like you know jim was you know you know visibly starting to get upset because you know he knows he's gonna have to start perform you know start playing his guitar soon and whatever his his setup is not the way he wants it it's not something's not correct so uh he, he sort of just said it's not and then it was fixed so, <laughs> yeah i don't know what i don't know <laughs> How Hawkeye knew what that meant, but uh, well, yeah, it was luckily it was able to be fixed in time for the start of Craigslist. Well, while that was going on, I also noticed that Ruben was sort of having an issue with his headphones. He was like kind of fumbling with his in-ear headphone and was trying to to get that fixed. And 
Um, I wasn't sure if Steve was also experiencing some sort of issue because he just raised his hand up. And I wasn't sure if he was like raising his hand like you would do in a classroom or if he was just stretching or I don't know what was going on. But I was like, oh, man, everyone's <laughs> having issues and stuff going on tonight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Steve was just volunteering. He was just a little late. He was late. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Could be. <laughs> um, now, I don't know about you guys, but this was one of the, if not the best Craigslist I ever heard. <laughs> and for a number of reasons. Wow. Um, I did not get the, the, the coffee shop, but I did take some other notes. I... I did get the coffee, the coffee shop, shop. but bef- before we get to the coffee shop, uh, there is a, a line in, I guess right before it, basically, uh, the coffee shop, he says, you shared a quick glance Saturday at the mall. Oh. Well, mm. that was very appropriate because as we talked about on episode 28 centimeter, that was, we spent part of our Saturday at the Mall of America. Mm-hmm. And we so took that a was glance at an Amish man. <laughs> we did. We did. <laughs> we shared a quick glance with uh, quite a few people at the mall. So I'm wondering if uh, maybe you know he was talking about us being the misconnection there. Yeah, that's that's got to be it. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mm-hmm. But that this was, a was nice, another uh, one for nice me. Callback. This was another one for me that uh, was a first on this tour. So oh. I was uh, oh, wow. very, yeah, very excited as soon as I saw um, Steve get up because uh, I knew I hadn't seen that yet. So I was very excited. I noticed wow. kind of during Craigslist, Ruben and Steve sort of like putting a, a hand over their mouth and like kind of speaking into each other's ears. Um, and I also saw Steve sort of like, dancing and like standing up and it, i was wondering like you know because he had his hand raised earlier i was like is there an issue does he not have a stool like i wasn't sure and i actually do have a, a, a an explanation um i <laughs> i did ask steve after the concert um and i said you know was there an issue were you missing your stool what was it what, what, what? and the last thing i said was um or were you just really uh enjoying the song and he said the latter. Yeah. He said the latter. So he was just really enjoying the song. He was really into it that night. So he, he was dancing along. Yeah, his... I specific. That's so funny. I specifically wrote Steve's hand because his whole left hand, the entire song was just kind of grooving by itself. <laughs> his his left hand seemed wow. to be its own little entity and was going, you know, it was going high up and then down low and just it was moving all around. Uh, so. Yeah, that's funny. Yes, yeah, so perhaps Steve agrees that it was the best Craigslist of the tour. Just for Dave's birthday <laughs> nice. and just for Love you, it. Aaron, for your first one. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so do you guys, you guys said you have the the coffee shop? Mm-hmm. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Aaron. It was it was Caribou, right? Not Starbucks? Yeah, Caribou. Or was it Caribou on Nicolette? Avenue. Yep, Carabet on Nicolette. Hmm. Have you been to that one, Aaron? Do you guys have... Uh, not specifically that one, no. I don't know if... I know Caribou is a Minnesota uh, 
coffee shop. I don't know if oh. you guys have ever been to a uh, caribou at all. Yeah, I've been no, to caribou at been to like caribou. Uh, airports and stuff, but they do not have them near where huh. I live. Sure. Yeah, so it's a yeah, it's a Minnesota. Um, hmm. Oh, is it, is, it a ch- yeah. is it a chain, like a Starbucks or something? Yeah, to that yeah. it would be the Starbucks oh, equivalent, okay. or of a, like a Dunkin' or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. Oh, wow, that's cool. I, th- I assumed it was uh, like just a, you know, a local shop in Minneapolis. I didn't realize it was a chain. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, are, we re- <laughs> are we ready to try to go through this uh, wonderful... Wonderful phone call with the mother. Yeah, so I, I don't know if I necessarily have it in any kind of correct order, but um, there were a few things that, that really, really stood out to me. Um, so, uh, sorry. Yeah, I, t- I took a bunch of notes on this one. I don't know if you want me to, to go, go through for, Yeah, go for it. And if, if gaps. don't say anything yeah. that I've written down, I'll, I'll add it in. All right, so he said, I want to carve your likeness into a bar of ivory soap and wash my butt with it. (laughs) (laughs) I want to feed your fingernails to a dog named Mr. Wilson. Mm -hmm. And let let me take this opportunity to point out that um, um, their truck driver who drives their um, 18-wheeler um, she has a dog named Mr. Wilson, so that was a direct shout out for that mm. dog. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very cool. I didn't think I knew that until you pointed it out to me after the concert. Uh, <laughs> all I have written down is <laughs> "tub thumping" by Chumbawamba. <laughs> so hopefully, you guys can fill in yeah. context around that. <laughs> that's what that's what the big Texas radio was playing, I believe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> something by Chumbawamba. Yeah, tub thumping. Tub thumping, yep. Okay. And then riding through the desert on a tricycle of broken dreams. <laughs> and did you and notice? This, and this is weird. An old. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Uh, so I was going to go on to the old Indian carving his initials into a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Not cool, Mr. Indian Man. <laughs> and then he said, this is another callback to what happened earlier in the day and earlier in this concert. Freedom smells like pickled wieners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if Al was watching our Facebook Live and uh, was inspired when you were eating your first pickled wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well... If that's what freedom smells like, then uh, we're all in trouble. <laughs> oh, no. Those, are pick- those pickled wieners, not only do they, oh, they taste so yummy. They have such a, a really fragrant, beautiful smell to them as well. <laughs> and then, <laughs> well, do you- I don't know. Then I just have empty milk carton back in fridge. So I'm assuming it had something to do with putting an empty yeah, milk carton so, back in the fridge. Yeah, he, uh, he's the one who put the empty carton of milk back in the fridge. Well, Dave, the, the one thing that I was most excited about, um, you know, cleaning his butt with the soap shaped like his mother, uh, put that <laughs> aside, put the Mr. Wilson reference, the tour dog aside, put pickled wiener smell aside. Al mentioned fingernail clippings during Craigslist. <laughs> And um, oh, while fingernail geez. clippings are not 
exactly toenail clippings. Um, I I feel like there's no way that um, that could not be influenced by all of the uh, toenail clipping talk that we we have on this podcast. <laughs> so. So, so yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I mean, I ha- that has to be influenced by all the, the toenail clippings you're talking about. But actually, you know, I was, I would say, I would say that, I don't know if you remember this, Ethan, but if you go back and listen to some of our very early, early, uh, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode, episodes, uh, you'll find out that in at least the first time or first or second time we saw these lights, uh, you called them fingernail clippings. I don't know how it morphed into toenail oh, clippings. But, I, I don't uh, know either. You do, you do actually call them, yeah, you do call them fingernail clippings. Um, to me, they look a little bit more like toenail clippings, but that's, you know, get, that's, you know, whatever. But, uh, well, that's but probably you how. Do, but, but yeah, so in the beginning... You uh you do call them uh, fingernail clippings. Uh, wow, the lights look like fingernail clippings. So so I so very well could be. Um, I'm calling it that. Dave. Al was referencing. Nope, I'm calling it. He the, uh, he was being an OG and he was referring to the the first couple times I referred to the lights as mm-hmm. as fingernail clippings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, <clears throat> Great. Well, that's another way that uh, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast influences the show that people get to see on the ridiculously – the unfortunate return of ridiculously self-indulgent ill-advised. <laughs> Thank you. For, you're, you're all welcome. You're all welcome. Yeah. So, I mean – For our amazing contributions to this show. So, you know, referencing, uh, you know, what we did earlier in the day and also you know, the Biggest Ball of 20 Minnesota song with Pickled Wieners – Referencing Mr. Wilson, the tour dog, who I have met before, and also referencing fingernail clippings. That's what made this my favorite Craigslist ever. (laughs) It was a good Craigslist. Very good Craigslist. It was a good phone call with the mom. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, uh, Aaron, being your first... Jim might not agree with you at the beginning of Craigslist that it was uh, the best one ever, but, you know. Lyric wise, um, Aaron, how did you feel seeing Craigslist for the first time? What were did you have any reactions? Yeah, so obviously I had been listening to you. I mean, clearly this was your favorite, and I, you know, I'd hear you hype it up so many times. Um, so I was just very excited. The rainbow lights, uh, oh. I absolutely loved. Um, oh yeah, and again, just. I was mesmerized by Steve's hand, a lot of it too, and, and how he was kind of <laughs> dancing along. Um, and the, the, the whisper, the, you can have them all gave me chills. Oh. I mean that the, the styrofoam, the styrofoam peanuts <laughs> and then the, you can have them all. Yeah. Uh, with, with the kind of the break before the, the final. Um, yeah. The final chorus you know, there. Rock, rock part, whatever, uh, was just, it was, it was great, and uh, I'm. I was very glad to finally hear it. I'm so glad you got to hear that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah. Another great song that people should really hope to hear uh, when they're if you know they're going to see Weird Al in concert on this tour. They should hope that definitely Craigslist is in the set list as well. Yep. Uh, so after Craigslist, um, Al started talking about this song, which he feels hasn't gotten. The credit it deserves. 
<laughs> and um, he hopes that it, maybe it will be recognized 200 years from now uh, if the human race <laughs> still exists. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at some point he said, or he said that this uh, is, he felt like this is the best song I have ever written. So. And of course. I was excited to hear it. Yeah, it was Let Me Be Your Hog. this is now my uh third first on the tour as well really my third really third song yes i this was a great (laughs) a really great show so yeah this is now the third one checking off a ton of the boxes that that you needed yes (laughs) so what did you think would you think this is the best song that al's ever written uh, it's up there for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was your reaction to hearing, you know, the the whole you know introduction that Weird Al gives to this song and the hype that he builds about it, and then having it it play into "Let Me Be Your Hog." It's great because I know you know just the entire crowd is trying to wonder. They're trying to think and expect which song that he's that he's trying to talk uh, that he was talking about. Uh, even my dad was trying to guess on what um on what he was about to play and of course i knew what he was about to play right uh because i i hear i know spoilers um but it was funny to try to hear i don't don't remember what he what he assumed or guessed it would be uh but it's just it's it's hilarious because it's (laughs) once once the whole crowd then gets the joke uh it's great right well what was um I guess interesting about the placement of this song and then the next song was um, the joke when he ends Let Me Be Your Hog is he ends it with immediately, let me, oh, let me, baby, baby. And the next song, you know, like he does that as kind of the punchline, but then he doesn't really introduce the next right. song. He just, you know, he takes a sip of water and then he says the next song is and then goes right into it. And um, so the next song was Melanie, but because of... Right, the transition. There was no harpsichord solo. It was just a uh, a uh, a virgin Melanie <laughs> uh, intro, where it was just a very short uh, little thing. It was not the uh, the harpsichord solo that that we know and love. So I think that that further um, gives evidence that when there is a harpsichord solo, that is its own thing, um, because it wasn't present at this show. Yeah, indeed. I, I I picked it up as well that the uh, the introduction to Melanie, while it was still longer than like the album version, uh, it definitely was uh, it definitely was shorter than I've seen in the past where he has called for harpsichord solo prior to Melanie. Mm-hmm. So um, I I was listening. Oh, before we get too much further, let me say I was listening for the meow, of course, and it was fainter than I recall in the past. Mm. Um, but that also made me think of, um, something I meant to mention during Craigslist was when Al talks about the part about riding through the desert on a horse, um, I heard a faint horse trotting noise that I believe Bermuda was playing. Oh, wow. Um, so I wanted to point that out and we should listen for that, um, in future Craigslists, uh, to see if we hear that. But, um, I don't know if you guys heard the meow louder than me, but it was, it was there, but it was not super, um... Super loud. I didn't write it down, which makes me think I didn't even hear it. Hmm. Usually if I hear it, I write it down. Right. Yeah, so I, gonna, I was really listening I'm for I'm going to guess. 
Yeah. I'm going to guess I didn't hear it. And it was faint enough that I didn't pick it up. Huh. Hmm. Um, did you hear it, uh, Aaron? Do you recall? Uh, no, I did not hear it. All right. Well, I, I'll tell you it was there, um, but not, not as loud <laughs> as normal. Um, so I have the next song being Velvet Elvis. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there was an introduction to this song. I think he just went right into that, that, that noise. Um, humming. Yeah. The humming. Sound. Yeah. That starts off the song. And I felt like there were, um, <laughs> new light beams that were sort of shining around during the noise before it started. And my note for this was the new light beams at the beginning, uh, we're just for Dave, just for you, for your birthday. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> oh. that. <laughs> I did enjoy that. I, 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 that's very nice of them. And it was funny that you say that because at, as soon as the song started and, and uh, Jackie recognized what it was going to be, she turned to me and she said, Oh, he played this just for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, being my birthday, uh, and of course, this... my nickname online is Elvis, you know, and so Velvet Elvis. I Maybe, maybe he put that in the set list just for me. <laughs> and maybe he put those lights in there just for me. So thank you, Al. I oh, appreciate it. How nice. <laughs> I was going to say that this song is the fourth and final uh, of my first wow. songs on the tour and conclu- and now concludes and now after the song I had heard uh, every single one. So that is insane. That was my, wow. That was my last tick. Yeah. Wow. I had, yeah, my last four uh, were were played on this show. That's incredible. I'm so glad That's that so awesome. you're able to <laughs> check yeah. this off. And do you have more shows after yes. this one? I right now have the last one. I am uh, my husband and I are going to the Kansas City show on September second. Okay. Uh, however, I do keep looking at uh, flights for to uh, <laughs> New York City, but <laughs> 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 so that's a uh, there are still single single seats available. Okay. All right. Good to know. Well, at least you don't have to worry yeah. in September or October about um, catching any any new songs. You you got the the main ones uh, of the tour, except for Dave and Ethan's two thousand inch Weird Al podcast theme song. Right, <laughs> but you know maybe uh, maybe if I go to New York City, he'll uh, you know start and end Ooh. it. Ooh, that would be great. You never know. You never know. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got to be. I, that, that's great that you know. That you get to got to see, you know, all the main songs on the tour, and it must be a nice relief, you know, if that's something that you're you wanted to see all the songs on the tour that you f- can finally check them all off, and that you don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, is he going to play this one song that he didn't play mm-hmm. at the one last right. show I'm going to in September, and not and have to worry about it's it. It's stressful. Yep, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Well, um, so right. I did notice that uh, for. Um, I'm not sure why, um, but Al completely turned around with his back to the audience during uh, Jim's yes. guitar solo. It wasn't turned to face Jim. He just turned yeah. completely around to face the back curtain. <laughs> it was bizarre. 
Yeah, I, I haven't seen him yeah, do that. Yeah, I saw that too, and I didn't know if he was looking at something that was out of my sight or, or what, but I, yeah, I thought it was unusual for him to do that. He just took a little time out or something, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but was, 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 what was interesting was, if you remember earlier, uh, I had mentioned that I could see Weird Al's reflection in Bermuda's... Uh, plexiglass enclosure uh mm-hmm. i could so and in, in, I, I could see al's back basically in for most of the concert but at this time i looked over and i could see his front so i could see <laughs> could still see him <laughs> technically but i could not see what, what he was, was he doing was like, he like cleaning his teeth or <laughs> yeah well, no right. i mean i i he, he just seemed like he was just looking at something i i didn't hmm. i couldn't really tell what he was doing so yeah weird. it was very odd. It was inter- It was interesting because I hadn't seen him done that. Have, hadn't seen him do that before, so I don't know what possessed him to do that this <laughs> evening. Well, after Velvet Elvis, um, Al said, we've all been very, very patient, and he knows what we're all waiting for. And it was, of course, time for yep. almost at the end of the night, the first solo of the night, which was a drum solo. Right. Because um, Velvet Elvis was the 14th song out of... Um, I guess 20 total. So that was, it was very far into the mm. night to get a uh, drum solo. And uh, we got a couple hits, and then we got, of course, a John Bermuda Schwartz, What a Guy. What a Guy. <laughs> and then. Um, yeah, I thought the drum, I thought the first solo was, was very, I was noticing that too as the show was going on. Uh, up until this point, I had, you know, mentally thought to myself that wow we have not had any solos any called solos at all on this show i wonder if we're gonna even get one yeah i was wondering that too i'm glad we uh we at least got one although i suppose for the spreadsheet it would have been interesting to have a show sans solo (laughs) (laughs) indeed Mm -hmm. all right so i have that he went right into i'll sue ya yes um and as soon as this song started, I I, uh, I was excited that um, Dave, on your birthday, you would um, <laughs> have something to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little. I mean, as nice as it was for Al to include Velvet Elvis and that lighting specifically for me, um, yeah, I thought you know uh, was a little rude of him to uh, insult uh, New Jersey on uh, my birthday. That's right. There is that awful line in the song about, you know, you know Delta Airlines selling him a ticket to New Jersey and he went there and it sucked, which of course I loudly booed and put my finger, my thumb down uh, in his general direction to express my... My upsetness with that line. Well, Dave, I also booed, and so did Jackie. So the three of us uh, all booed. Aaron, did you boo uh, this this line? No, of course not. We're in the Midwest, and uh, uh, that's. <laughs> oh, yeah, Aaron! No. Oh, oh. <laughs> even on even on Dave's birthday, you wouldn't make an exception. My birthday! Ouch! That I got him a more. cake. Oh, that's true. I got him that's a cake. <laughs> <laughs> you did enough for Dave. You did not need to uh, right, right. change your policy on this song. 
Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes, a great a great cake with a red rump the goody on it. And a t shirt with a red rump the goody on it. I think and that you know, yeah. that sort of cancels <laughs> cancels things out a little bit. I mean I'm still a little upset that you didn't uh didn't support me in my uh my uh my defending of New Jersey, but it's okay. Yeah. So you guys were, uh, you know, in the front row, so you probably didn't notice, but during this song, the house lights flashed up for a, a split second and then turned back off. Interesting. It oh. was, it was absolutely bizarre. Um, it, it, everyone kind of went, uh, and then it, I mean, it was, <laughs> it was only for a second, but yeah, all wow. the house lights came on for just a second. Weird. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. I don't think I caught yeah, that. Yeah, very weird. No, no, I, I figure, you know, if you're that. that close that, yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, I mean, my only other notes for this song was that at the end, uh, there are, I mean, this song is filled with, with a lot of strobe lights in general, but there are these red strobe lights that go on at the end of the song where he sort of is raising his arms in the air and pointing out towards the audience, Right at the end there, and I thought that looked really, really cool from our vantage point up there in the front, off to yeah. the side. Like oh, totally. That. So, come on, yeah. Well, um, after Alsuya, uh, Al did a, a cup toss, <laughs> and he uh, he talked about the key, uh, this next song will feature the keyboard stylings of Ruben Valtiera, and um, he then said uh, <laughs> he was the keyboard magazine. Uh, 1982 tied for uh, sexiest uh, keyboard player. And yeah, it was on the cover of the keyboard magazine in 1982. Yep. And I didn't hear who he, he was, was tied with, um, or I didn't write down who he was tied with. And then he yeah he was, was tied. Well, he was tied with. I, I got it. So he uh, it was it. it so as as he was saying this, you know, uh, he was the sexiest keyboard player, and he was tied with. I could kind of see Ruben looking like, oh boy, who's this going to be? But then uh, Weird Al said Thomas Dolby, which uh, Ruben was was happy with. So he was happy to be tied <laughs> with. Uh, he's like, okay, he kind of gave a nod, like, okay, I'm 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 okay with that answer. So it was uh, Thomas Dolby, and uh, Ruben was was happy with that answer. <laughs> Um, and then Al was like, uh, oh, come on, do the, do the pose, do, do the pose. And it was really like egging, uh, <laughs> at Ruben on. And then Ruben started doing these poses while, uh, I don't know how to describe it. The band started playing like a little disco-y sort of like little, uh, <laughs> movie yeah. music song. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it was improvised on the spot, but yeah, it was, uh. It was, yeah, it was uh, interesting. And Ruben, of course, was hamming it up. You know, he told him to kind of do that that cover pose. And I think Steve was playing the bass. And I could tell Al, everybody had turned around and looked at Ruben. And, yeah, it was an amazing little dance. Yeah, I feel like cover the whole band sort of, like, joined in. It was. And they were, yeah, it seemed like they Right. Were, I don't know if they were just imp- improvising that or, or what they were doing there. But it was, yeah. it was really great. Yeah, and this, uh, I, I had talked to you before, too, but I... Uh, they had done this in in Lincoln. Oh, they uh, did. Which is the first time. Oh, that I saw them wow! This as well, the yeah. same little song that they played. Yes. Wow. 
Well, it was the first time we saw it, but cool. I guess um, it was not a first for for you, Aaron. You you already heard it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so after after all that, um, after we got some nice uh, um, cover worthy poses from Ruben, Al went into why does this always happen to me? And this is weird. Um, I don't think I've ever noticed that. I don't know if it was different tonight. Uh, at this show, but Jim doesn't play anything during this song. He just sits there holding his guitar with his hands over the strings, and he just he does the singing parts, but he doesn't play anything. Have you guys noticed that? Huh. Um. I don't know. Uh, I don't think say so. I didn't. I was mesmerized. He's, he's definitely <laughs> singing, but yeah. Yeah, he's singing. And he's... It's, inter- it's interesting why he would have his guitar on if he's not playing it, though. Yeah, I was. I was. Why would he not put it down? Yeah, I don't know, but he he was like very huh. clearly putting his hand over the strings so they wouldn't make any noise. Um, so I'd never noticed that before. I don't know if that's a new thing, um, but um, that kind of blew my mind because <laughs> I just assume Jim plays on every yeah. song. <laughs> I wonder if uh, maybe maybe uh, on the other maybe this is the first time he's ever sort of held the guitar maybe he puts it down and that's why it's not noticeable on on previous times we've seen this oh maybe because he's clearly sing he's clearly singing on the song but yeah I, I i guess there is no guitar for him to play in the song hmm interesting i'll look and see i'll try to remember to look and see if we see this song again on a future show to see uh if jim is holding his guitar or not yeah i'm curious do you guys have anything else on uh, why does this always happen to me? Um, I have one uh, that um, my dad had noticed. He in the in the aisle next to us. Uh, he had stated that, or he he looked over to me and said, "That guy has never heard this song before." And he, <laughs> there was a guy that clearly had never heard it. And after every single line, he uh, kind of just put his hand in his. His, put his head in his hands and uh, and and shook and shook his head, <laughs> uh, which I thought was really like, funny because it was clearly his first time. Like he was disappointed in the song or laughing. No, he was laughing along with it. It was just uh, <laughs> it, it was it was just wow. You know, oh my gosh, this is oh. ridiculous, kind of a thing. Which is it was so we watched him most of the show or most of that song anyway. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm always amazed that I mean, Bell's got such a big catalog. I'm sure it's, it happens more often than I think. But I'm always amazed that people would go to a, a concert and not know, you know, the artist's uh, catalog. Right. Yeah, and I guess I've Especially gone to... Especially somebody like Weird Al. I don't know. I guess I've gone to concerts, not Weird Al concerts, but I've gone to other band concerts where I don't know the whole catalog. And I guess, you know, hmm. Al does have, uh, you know, 14 plus albums worth of right of material to pull from so i i could definitely see being a big fan and maybe still not being familiar with all of it mm. now um i had a, a pretty fun experience um <laughs> in the intro to this next song um so al picks up the accordion and he starts talking about uh the new movie coming out with daniel radcliffe and as soon as he said the new movie i i um I put my hand my hand next to my mouth and I went woo, and Steve saw me do that, <laughs> and so then Steve put his hand to his mouth and he went woo, 
all while Al's talking. And then Steve and I had a, a woo off. And so I said woo. Steve put his hand up and went woo, like kind of whispered it. And then I did it. And we did it back and forth like three or four times <laughs> while Al was talking. It was really funny. <laughs> and uh, Al, of course, sort of introduced that they were going to play the song and Bermuda did kind of count it off with his sticks and, and kind of hit the symbol a tiny bit. So there's a little bit of a fake out. Um, and they have then, of course, went into their um, their song from well, 33 years ago. Yeah, so I, I picked up uh, something which I don't know if I knew this prior or if this was new, uh, new knowledge or new knowledge to me. Uh, but uh, the one thing he did, he did say about the new song is that it is going to be over the end credits of the movie. So I don't know if I knew that uh, prior to this or not. Um, Certainly didn't remember it. So it that was... sounded familiar to me. So I, I think um, he's at least said that at a show I've been to. Hmm. So that that's uh, look. So I guess that uh, sort of answers my question about wh- wh- when this new song will be played in the movie, and it'll be over the end credits. Yeah, maybe it's just like when he did the end credits for um, Captain Underpants. He's like, oh well. If I'm doing end credits for movies, I might as well do it for my own movie. (laughs) (laughs) Perhaps. All right. The song was UHF. And then um, he went into... have the... the, You have a note on that, Dave? uh, Nope. uh, Aaron? Happy to move on. I have a note that... uh, So UHF played at 9.05... In Usher ushered in a group of four to their seats. Oh my goodness! Um, <laughs> wow! Wow! And <laughs> that, uh, yeah, so that was—I don't know if they got the time wrong of the of the show or what, <laughs> or they just couldn't find their seats again. But it—it it, wow, it seemed like they knew. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Well, they came right, right in time I, for the shows. I think the the song that a lot of people in the audience maybe were hoping for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he said it was going to be the last song and, and as he said before oh you know how time passes when people were kind of disappointed and he said right. this song is about America uh, in a broad sense a more narrow sense Minnesota um, he said it's an even more narrow it's about Francis A. Johnson from Darwin uh, and he mm-hmm. he didn't need he didn't need his I don't know. Something about, like, he didn't need anyone's stinking help. That's gall dang sure. Uh, <laughs> because it was just Francis A. Johnson who built the twine ball. Uh, there was no hooligan. There was no talk of hating anyone. Um, it went right into the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Yeah, one interesting thing that Al said during his uh, his uh, introduction to the song, he had mentioned, I'm hoping getting this right and trying to read my writing but uh it was that he used bailing twine to to make the ball and uh i remember (laughs) having the conversation earlier in the day with uh with uh, the mayor josh johnson who was very uh very knowledgeable about all different types of twine and uh and very um what's the word i'm looking for Wanted to make sure that we knew that this was very high quality f- the twine, twine. That, uh, this baling twine. 
Sisseltwine, yeah, that uh, that um, Francis A. Johnson had used to roll up the ball. It was definitely the <laughs> highest uh, quality string that was available at the time or ever, maybe. Who knows? I mean, so he just was very proud of the, uh, the string that they use. And I had actually... <laughs> Tried to donate a piece of uh, twine to uh, t- to uh, Josh, and he was uh, sort of insulted at at uh, the low <laughs> quality of the uh, twine that I tried to donate. To him, well, and so. you were trying to take away the title of uh, "Built by One Man" because uh, if he had added your inferior, yes, and I was twine, joking with yeah, him, of course. Of course. <laughs> I really would, really wouldn't try to do that, and I think he knew that, but still. He was very proud of the the particular twine that was used in the construction of the twine ball. So the fact that Al actually called out that that type of twine, I thought was uh, was a nice call uh, on Al's part to specify the exact sort of twine that was used in the ball. Well, do you guys have any? And uh, this was an interesting. Go, yeah, go for it. The, there was a a lot of clapping along, uh, and the clapping went through the entire song. So the audience was really, really, really excited to hear this song. Yeah, definitely a lot and of there, singing. Of course, along were so too. many references in this song. Yeah, so many references in this song that I can't even get to that you know happened during the day. So I, you know, the whole song is basically a reference to what went on earlier today, <laughs> earlier in the day on the. And this was like the. Uh you know, 15th time we'd heard that song that day after (laughs) uh, our car ride, Um, which we did not listen to it on the ride home uh, from there. Um, But I I do want to take this this second to to mention that um, off air, Aaron and I did um, take a a guess for Dave's uh, pick of the night. And um, we haven't gone through all the songs yet, but I did want to mention that Dave specifically told me on the car ride home that uh, his pick of the night would not be uh, the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So, um, yeah. Dave also told you that uh, he might be saying that to throw you off. Well, so we'll we'll have to see what I, uh, what, uh, what I wrote and what, um, what Aaron wrote for (laughs) Dave's pick of the night. So we'll have to see. Um, But how did you, Uh, did you guys have any other thoughts about the song before uh, they ended? Well, uh, I'm curious to hear what the uh, the resident Minnesotan had to say had to say about hearing this song in her home state. This song, every time uh, I hear it in Minnesota, it's just so fun to hear. And every time they say the word Minnesota, there's at least a few hands that you can see that just go straight in the air, kind of, you know, every time, Minnesota, it's just like, you know, you're, you're praising the, praising the song and praising Al and praising (laughs) Minnesota, I guess. Um, So I just, I, I love hearing it in Minnesota and just because everyone's Minnesota proud. Um, So it was really great. I do have one more uh, thing about the, the, song is when they say the security guards kicked us out uh right on cue the security guard came in and uh yelled at two people for uh having their phones oh out. my goodness so that was kind of oh no <laughs> that that was that was pretty apt i guess um so i thought that was funny but yeah i just i love hearing it in minnesota and it's uh yeah that's it now when wow. you saw um you know, obviously the night before he also played Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. 
the night before that, when you saw mm-hmm. him in Lincoln, did he also play a biggest ball of twine in Minnesota? In Lincoln, he played Albuquerque. Okay, so he he was saving twine ball just for Minnesota shows. Yes, <laughs> yes, ah. yes. Yeah, you're still a couple. Yeah, we're in Nebraska, so there's still you know you got Iowa and and uh, South Dakota in between. So yeah, still a couple states away. <laughs> See, while he could, okay. he was playing non twine ball music. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I guess while we're talking, I mean, about I'm it, curious what would happen. I'm curious what would happen if uh, somehow Weird Al decided not to play the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Minnesota. Do you think that there would be rioting or something going on? I don't know. I I don't think that's a wise choice. (laughs) I feel like he has to play it every time he goes there. Yes, I would think so. I was, I I think, in a previous episode talking about the same way that he kept teasing um, All-Star by Smash Mouth. Um, I was kind of hoping he would be teasing uh, Twine Ball the whole show. Uh. <laughs> I want to sing a song about a Twine Ball, but instead I'm going to sing this song about <laughs> my childhood, you know, something, you know. I feel like he uh, there could have been. Sounds like a missed opportunity. That's a good Ethan suggestion, if that's what that was. I think I already Ethan suggested it, though. I don't know. I don't know if okay. it gets the song or not. <laughs> Um, I don't think it does. Um, since it's, it's, uh, he's not doing any more Minnesota shows. Um, <laughs> but, um, All right, so this is the point of the show. Well, I yeah. wanted to ask Aaron about, um, Albuquerque when she saw it in Lincoln, Nebraska. Was there anything, oh. um, unique? I counted, uh, 26 26 of the donuts bear claws was the tw- wow. was the 26th uh because the he had added uh frankenberry was the addition which if i remember correctly ethan was perhaps a suggestion that was an ethan suggestion frankenberry i said <laughs> what frankenberry and booberry we've also suggested yeah uh, smogberry and Snozberry. I mean, we've we've mentioned a bunch of them, but I can't believe he he took one of my suggestions. I, I think that calls for hearing mm-hmm, the song. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's incredible! That definitely was an Ethan's suggestion. Suggestions. I can't believe it! Wow. Yeah. That that's that's definitely was an Ethan's suggestion, and that's a good one. Wow, that's great to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Maybe I'll just need one more now. Just one more. <laughs> That's right. Well, maybe Al was like, well, I don't want uh, Dave and Ethan to get big heads uh, hearing um, all of their suggestions taken. Uh, so I'll do it on a show that they're not at. But oh, we got you, Al. We, we sent one of our uh, spies. Can't <laughs> right. get anything past us. <laughs> wow, how cool. I think, Jer- is- yeah, I think Jeremy Samples also... Uh, Counted twenty six and uh, said that he added Frank and Mary because I believe he was at the show oh, okay. as well. Okay, cool. So, yep. 
Yeah, that is pretty stinking majestic. That is that is definitely got to be Weird Al taking another, yet another suggestion from <laughs> Dave and Ethan of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. Right. And, and while it wasn't really Ethan's cool. suggestion, it was a co-signed one. So, Dave, I, I think we can share in the glory. You and I shared. Uh, <laughs> Frank does not share any of the glory, however. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Of course. Of course not. I'm excited. I, hope, I, I sort of hope it's going to be a while. Well, I guess... Uh, in, in, I guess we'll be we're seeing shows in Lancaster. Yeah, early, early uh, August we, next week, but not too far off. But yeah, it, it, so hopefully it uh, remains in in the set list, assuming we get to hear Albuquerque at one of those shows. <laughs> well, so after Twineball, um, this is the the portion pre encore where they kind of pretend that they're backstage, and uh, I saw Steve kind of doing a little pose. Um, I saw John uh, Bermuda cleaning his uh, drum cage. Um, looked like uh, Steve was kind of like hey. grumbling something. He did. He, yeah, well, oh, he grabbed. You were looking away and. Go ahead. Yeah, you were to go back to uh, Bermuda. You were looking away when this happened, and by the time it was over, it was uh, too late to to. Time it happened, it was too late to grab you and try to let you see this. But uh, after Bermuda was uh, dusting off his uh, his little, you know, plexiglass area, uh, Jim was sitting on the little riser, I guess that 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 houses uh, Bermuda's drum set, and he went over to Jim and he started dusting Jim off, like wiping <laughs> him down. <laughs> Well, I saw Steve go up to uh, the keyboard, and he grabbed something. He wasn't grumbling something. He grabbed something off the keyboard, or did something with the keyboard. Um, and then Al, I didn't see you do anything out of the ordinary. I didn't see Ruben doing anything out of the ordinary. Did you guys catch anything else, or are we ready to move on to the encore? No. Nope. I'm ready to move on. So Al said something like, uh, we're going to do something we've never done before. And as soon as she said that, Steve looked really worried um, <laughs> when Al said that. <laughs> but, of course, uh, it was not something they'd never done before because um, he asked for the audience to shout out their request for the next song. And mm. um, it was, um, uh, he said it was unanimous. He said... Well, Ah, the Stones. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. And then and I saw Steve take a quick pic of the audience from his phone. He snapped a quick picture. Oh. And then they went into the encore song, which... if It looks like uh, I have written down after he said, the Stones, good choice. It says, uh, what do you think, Jim? So I'm, he must have asked Jim. Uh, his opinion on the song. I assume Jim agreed. Hmm. <laughs> well, then they played the Rolling Stones hit. Uh, it's only rock and roll, but I like it. And um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> while it was only rock and roll, I have to say I did like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is um, this was a new one for me. I, I know they. I believe they did it on the first tour, uh, but not one that I'd ever seen performed live. So it was great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was a good rendition. Cool. I mean, I, 
it was also cool because this is featured in one of uh, one of Alice Polka's, so it's always good to see, um, you know, one of the songs that got That's polkified, right. uh, you know, uh, out on the concert. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, All right. So I saw Steve then take another picture. Um. Oh. And then Al said, "Well, you could have seen Alanis, but you came here instead." And he thanked <laughs> thanked everyone for being there. Um, and just kind of on a, a side note related to that, um, our friend Marnie, who is the, uh, the merch manager for the tour, um, when she's not touring with Al, um, she obviously does other tours and Alanis Morissette is one of the tours she does. So she, um, Oh, no way. Uh, a lot of her friends and, and that tour family were in town. So she, um, I know after the show got to go and uh, see a couple of them. Uh, they were staying at a hotel across the street from the Weird Al venues or, or uh, near where they were staying. So she got to see a few people. Um, and I also thought it was oh, cool. was Very interesting cool. because Al recently had that kind of fake Twitter feud with uh, with Atlantis very recently uh, when she <laughs> That's mm-hmm. tweeted out the uh, the parody lyrics. And Al wrote, stay in your lane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then... Yeah, went right into the Unplugged Medley, which, um, as we all know uh, and we've seen, doesn't change much. It's the Amish Paradise, Smells Like Nirvana, White and Nerdy, Word Crimes, Yoda, and Yoda Chant. And um, I don't have too many notes on here other than that it seemed the biggest freak out of the night was when he started playing Amish Paradise, which I was surprised that it was. It seemed even yeah. bigger than Twine Ball to me. Mm-hmm. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might agree with that. I feel like uh, I feel like uh, maybe people were expecting to hear Twinebull and they weren't expecting to hear uh, parodies. Yeah, and especially parodies uh, because this tour is not advertised as <coughs> parodies, and up until this point, it's all originals. So yeah, maybe maybe that. But I agree with that. And the only note I other other note I had was uh, nice to hear Amish Paradise because. Uh, that was the answer to the uh, Final Jeopardy uh, yes. question. Mm-hmm. So um, then I have the Yoda chant. I have uh, no glasses, so I have, uh, that must be a note for about Steve because yep. he's the only one that generally wears glasses up on the stage. Yep, the <laughs> Steve was not wearing glasses. I did notice the, he uh, he put them on the um, the collar of his shirt. He hung them on the collar of his shirt. Yeah. And uh, I do realize we've been recording for quite a long time <laughs> to get through this show. Uh, we've recorded longer um, than the show actually was at this point, actually. Uh, oh, jeez. Oh, no. <laughs> I have the show ending at 9.31, and it started at um, at 7. So that's uh, – <laughs> this has been a long Holy review. Holy cow, it is late. Somehow. I just looked at the lot. Oh, my jeez. Um, wow. So I know there's a few more things we wanted to mention, but maybe we can uh, gloss over the um, the VIP because the VIP um, ended up being it was two hours before we left after the show ended. So it was I don't know what took so long with the VIP, um, but we you know we were sitting in our our spots and uh, at one point JW pops out from the stage and he goes, "Hey everybody." It's Dave's birthday. <laughs> He's like, so sing him happy birthday. I think to try and help kill time. 
because it was taking so long. Uh-huh. So, Dave, we sang you happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, everybody sang happy birthday. And uh, they sang the traditional happy birthday version, you know, uh, <laughs> the one that everyone sings at the birthday parties. And then there was one person, one person who <laughs> was... Near the back of the theater, who started singing after everyone finished singing Happy Birthday, and I thanked everybody for doing that. Uh, he started singing Weird Al's version of Happy Birthday, which is what I was thought that everyone would sing. Because if you're at a Weird <laughs> Al concert and somebody asks you to sing Happy Birthday, you should be singing the Weird Al version. <laughs> so he was the he was the only guy in the theater who got it. And I understood, and I said, "Thank you, sir. You get it." And uh, he tried to sing a, sing along as long as he could, and nobody else was helping no. him out. So he went on as long as he could, he and much I really, than really I appreciate yeah, that. That was great. <laughs> he, he really kept going. Yes, he was trying. He really was, and nobody was helping him out. So I just want to acknowledge that that uh, that great person in, in near the back of the theater who who got it who actually understood what was supposed to happen we'll but yeah and so uh yeah uh jay so uh, a couple things uh you know jw did acknowledge it was my birthday obviously with that uh birthday um you know having everybody sing happy birthday to me but he also for my birthday he did give me he did give me a set list so i got a set list uh <laughs> Uh, from stage from from him and he also gave me for some reason he gave me a pair of those um like groucho mark glasses you know the big big (laughs) nose and the mustache and he said i've been saving this for you for for several weeks so i (laughs) don't know if what that was about but just wanted to say thank you bizarre it's so weird i wondered how you got those i saw you holding them at one point Yeah, so I uh, so I got and let me and they're not like they they're I had to take them apart to fit them in my suitcase because they because the way that they were you could not fold the little um, the earpieces <laughs> down they were sort of like taped in place with like black electrical tape uh, so they're clearly were were used and not new. Um, but yeah, so I had to sort of take them apart to fit them in there. But yeah, it was uh, quite an interesting gift, and uh, I guess I should say thank you, JW, for the the gift of the uh, glasses and of course the set list. And uh, <laughs> JW Hallford, I don't know, I th- what a guy! Th- this- <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's the best way to put it. Uh, yeah, so that was that was uh, interesting, and yeah, for some reason this was like a really large large group of VIP and moving very slowly. Um, I thought we were going to get away with yeah moving very slightly, but I thought we were going to get out of there early because but when they did the picture portion, uh, they had us uh, go up first. They started at the be- the the front of the theater, you know, the row closest to the front of the theater. And uh, I was saying, oh, thank gosh, we're going to get out of this place before everybody else. Uh, However, that necessarily wasn't the case because then when they did the autograph portion, they started in the back, which (laughs) meant we would be (laughs) last. So we sat there incredibly long this entire VIP session. There's no way that that this VIP session should have taken two hours, but somehow it did. So for my photo, um, it... We, I tried to make it so it looked like Al and I were both holding up um, what may one day, <laughs> if I Photoshop it further, be a twine ball. 
Um, what did you guys do in your photos? Oh, nice. I had a staring contest with him. <laughs> uh, Dave, you, so, uh, you went in with Jackie, I believe. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, for a majority of these VIPs that we've been to, uh, you know, my wife Jackie's been along with me, and I've been, you know, doing a, a lot of solo pictures. And uh, since it was my birthday, and uh, I had not had a picture with Jackie yet, uh, I went in. I we decided we would get our picture together uh, for the first time on this tour, even though, like I said, she's been at most of them. And uh, <laughs> it was a just like it was just a, a normal picture. Jackie and I were, were posing. Uh, I put up my hand signal. Jackie did my hand signal, but the using her her left hand so mm. it's sort of uh, the reverse of my hand signal mm. um i tried the best as i <laughs> not your hand signal but my hand signal i tried the best as i could to get both of my amazing uh shirts that were gifted to me <laughs> in the picture so uh, i do have uh you do have the constipated wiener dogs slash red rump the goody t-shirt on <laughs> and the uh hawaiian print accordion shirt that uh, Jared gave me on there, and uh, <laughs> I did not see what Al did until I finally t- saw the picture up. It, it just was posted earlier, and Al was just giving this, uh, he's pointing his finger at both of us and giving this look that he only he could give, like a sort of an angry, <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it, look. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> but mm-hmm. the picture of Jackie and I came out pretty nice. I saw him do it in person. I sort of... Um, I guess I'd got my photo taken before yours. And then the usher was like, all right, go this way, go this way. But I kind of wanted to watch you guys get your picture. Um, And I experienced the first nice usher of the night. Uh, I was like, oh, that's my friend. And she's like, okay. And then let me stand there and watch. So, um, Oh, yeah. I just looked up your picture, uh, Dave. It looks great. I love Al's face. (laughs) Yep. Um, so then we were, yeah, I'm happy. I'm very happy. I'm very happy with the picture. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not, I know in the past I've tried to do something silly. Uh, but yeah, this is just a more of a traditional pose with uh, my wife and, uh, this other gentleman in the picture (laughs) who's giving a really strange face. Well, so while we were one of the first to take the photo, we were one of the last to get our, um, our posters signed. Uh-huh. And um, I, I know, you know, I, I've been trying for a while to get get a, a certain, um, you know, uh, poster experience. Uh, Want to get like a little doodle or a little like uh, thing. And the first time I asked, Al crumpled up my poster. The second time, Al just kind of scribbled in a circle. Um, <laughs> so I, I went in a different direction and I asked Al if he could... Um, give me a fake Weird Al autograph. So, um, like in our uh, Facebook group, uh, group two thousand inch dot com, sometimes we will post examples of um, autographs from uh, eBay or elsewhere online, and people then guess, you know, does this look real? Does this look fake? So, I wanted Al to sign his name, but in a way that didn't look like it was a legit autograph. So it was very hard to describe, and as soon as I described it. Um, JW jumped in. He's like, oh, I'll sign it then. And I was like, no. <laughs> and luckily I stopped, <laughs> stopped JW. And, and Al, um, I think Al appreciated the challenge. And he was sort of trying to figure out how to 
poorly sign his name. And so what he ended up doing was um, grasping the Sharpie in his hand, maybe the way that you would um, grasp a, uh, a bicycle, uh, handle or something and just kind of like, like a Neanderthal, uh, wrote his name and it's, it's, um, it's great. <laughs> it came out really great. I love it. It's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, I'm going off memory here, but I feel like it was, a it was a, even for like a fake Weird Al autograph, it still looked like oh, yeah. something yeah. Weird Al. It was still one it of still the... looked like it was a Weird Al autograph. It was still one of the better one yeah, of the better fakes. <laughs> and then um, I know Al, you or yeah, the, I was next. Al gave you a nice one too. Yeah, well, I was next. Well, yeah, I was next in line, and I think uh, Al just just started to sign the poster, and I was like, actually. I want you to write something on it. So I then I know Aaron, you came up and said, "Oh, I'll take that poster." So, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. So you you, you took, uh, yeah. So so you uh, took the the just the plain signed uh, Weird Al Yankovic poster. But I asked Al if he would write uh, "Happy Birthday," you know, to Dave, "Happy Birthday," and then sign it. And then uh, somehow lost. JW took it upon himself to say. Okay, so you need to write "Happy Forty Eighth Birthday." So I got a <laughs> not quite exactly what I wanted, but it was it, it was indeed my forty eighth birthday. So it is accurate, but uh, it, it uh, and it's fine. It, it it's perfectly fine. And I so I got a happy forty eighth birthday from Al. And I should say that um, mm-hmm. when we were up doing the pictures, I forgot to mention this, but uh, as we're walking up to do the picture, the Soon as Al saw me, the very first thing he said to me was, "Happy birthday, Dave." Aww, that's so mm. nice. So I, I thought that was nice to not only get a uh, email earlier in the day from Weird Al wishing me a happy birthday, but also to get a in-person happy birthday from uh, from Al. And I should also mention, awesome. uh, as long as we're on the uh, the happy bir- who's been wishing me a happy birthday, uh, I did get a. Uh, I did get a Facebook message uh, from Steve J wishing me a happy birthday uh, earlier in the day. And I did get right before uh, Emo came on, I got a text from John Bermuda Schwartz wishing me a happy birthday. What a guy. What a guy. What, nice. what guys. What a guy. Yes. <laughs> what That's guys. so sweet. So, well, yeah. let me try and get through this really quick. I know we're, we're going long, but there's a couple things post-concert um, I wanted to mention. Um when we got to the parking garage, while I was paying for the parking, some guy was harassing you and Jackie and was like, can you tell that, Dave? I I was sort of not part of that. <laughs> Glad to not have been part of that. I don't know. So I mean, this this is going to happen in the big city, you know. Uh, there was a somebody who came up and he was basically trying to get money off of us or, and he said, uh, he came over and he seemed like, you know, he was doing the, Oh, I'm, I mean, I need some help. And, and I basically, uh, he said, I need food. I need food. And I was like, well, I, sorry, I don't have anything to give you at this point. And then he's, got insulted about that and he started storming off and says, I hope your car gets towed and he started walking away and I guess there was some Jeez. sort of security or police in the in the little parking area because they started following him out and escorting us, you know, yeah. back to our car. So I I mean I, I I'm you know, I, I work in a big city, you know, now I work permanently at home, but I used to work in a big city, so I've I'd you know 
realized what was happening and I felt, I did not feel uncomfortable at any point, but it was definitely a strange occurrence and not something that I remember happening at any uh, Weird Al concert. I felt, hmm. but so that happened. It was weird. And I guess it was notable enough to mention on the podcast. Well, so um, it was near the end of the show that I realized that I had not had anything to eat since pizza in Darwin. And I was like, oh, man, I, we probably should have had <laughs> dinner or a snack or something. <laughs> so I know Dave oh, you yeah. and Jackie were all quite hungry. So um, while you guys were navigating and driving home, I was trying to find something on Grubhub. And then we finally <laughs> decided on this place that had like um, Philly cheesesteak. So after like, he, you know, getting both your orders and getting it all entered in, I submitted, paid for it. And then it immediately popped up. Uh, your order was canceled. So then, um, <laughs> then I went in and I filled out a whole thing for um, for White Castle because they have great veggie burgers there. And um, at that point, you and Jackie were were just like, we're just gonna figure out something with you know hotel uh, microwave food. So I placed the order for um, for. Uh, White Castle, and as I'm waiting for it to show up, it was supposed to be there in 45 minutes, and then it's like, sorry, it'll be an hour. It was like an hour and 45 until it ended up getting delivered. Ugh. And um, in that time, I, I get a phone call on my, my room phone, and this is at you know one thirty in the morning, and the person up front just says, hi, I have a, a Jackson here. Um, can I send them down? And I was like, oh, is that for my food? Is it the food delivery person's name? And they're like, no, this person uh, says their name is Jackson and that uh, they're supposed to be here. And so I was like, that can't be Jackson Scoggins, can it? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, send him down. <laughs> um, so I, I popped my head out of my, my room and sure enough, uh, Jackson Scoggins comes walking down. And so I'm like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and Jackson's like, oh, um, so I didn't want to tell you guys, but I didn't. Um, end up getting a ticket for tonight's show um, nor did I get a second night of hotel at the Doubletree so I decided um, after we recorded uh, you know episode 28 centimeter in that conference room that I would just stay in the conference room so I've just been sleeping in the conference room um, all day since you dropped me off wow <laughs> it's like what I was like, what? I was like, this can't be real. And I'm like, no, what really? What? Why are you here? And and Jackson's like, no, I I went outside and and the guy at the front um wouldn't let me in. So I told him that that you and I were lovers that I was staying with you. And I was like, well, thanks for getting me involved in this scheme. <laughs> <laughs> what? And, and so it's like, Jackson, if if you need a room or something, I'll I'll buy you a room. Like I, you know, I I don't. I don't feel comfortable. You're just sleeping on like in a conference room. <laughs> and Jackson's like, no, 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 it's fine. I, I insist. And so I did um, give Jackson one of my pillows to at least make the closet <laughs> slightly more comfortable. And uh, Jackson went and, and slept in the closet the rest of the night. Um, that's, oh, wow. my God. Not too long after Jackson left, I was notified that my White Castle order was there. And this is like 2 o'clock in the, the morning at this point. Um, so I go to the front desk to pick it up. And I come back to my room. And it is not my order. It's, like, completely wrong. It's all, like, meat sliders and stuff. <gasps> Um, so I go on the app and um, I feel like, hey, I got the wrong order. 
And essentially they were like, you can just keep it. Uh, I was like, well, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. And they gave me a refund. But the restaurant was closed at that point. So I ended up um, no. having to go to a different food app. And I was able to get um, uh, a Taco Bell order in at like 2 in the morning. And uh, so Jeez. because I was up so late and with all that aggravation, I, I did miss breakfast the next day. Um, I finally got got the food and... Um, Dave, neither you nor Jackson were interested in the the uh, the wrong uh, <laughs> slider order, so I just had to toss it out in the lobby. Um, but as far as I know, oh, uh, Jackson made it through the night and then got up early uh, and left because I, I thought it would be pretty interesting if um, if Jackson went out of the closet in the conference room while there was a conference going on. <laughs> but I, apparently, that did not happen. <laughs> um, <laughs> so. Uh, it was pretty crazy, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be back home. <laughs> but a, a great show, a wow. great weekend. I loved Minnesota. You know that is a crazy <laughs> story about Jackson, and Jackson did give us permission to to mention it on the podcast. But uh, it, you know what? It, it, it's surprising, but at the same time, remember that Jackson slept out for 24 hours on Hollywood Boulevard. <laughs> so this does not surprise me at all. This is in character for Jackson. Yeah, this is a, an so, upgrade. Uh, <laughs> it was a crazy story because I had no idea. I had no idea that th- any of this was going on until you told me the the next morning as we we're driving to the airport. So uh, <laughs> it was crazy, but. You know what? It is in character, and it is a wild weekend, and yeah. It's nuts. (laughs) Insane. All right, so the next show is, ooh, the next show is actually an Ethan-only show, and this show is in Indian Ranch in Webster, Massachusetts on August 5th, and then Ethan's got to somehow figure out how to get to my house because... Our next shows we meet up again on August 6th and August 7th in Lancaster, Pennsylvania at the American Music Theater in the middle of Amish country. Hopefully we get to hear some Amish paradise while we are there. Oh, crap. I didn't figure out Dave's figure of the night. Okay, Dave, quick. I'm going to have Frank play the song. Uh, all that build up for, for Dave's pick of the night and you didn't even do it. It's Dave's pick of the night. I'm in Minnesota. My pick of the night is the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. It was incredible. What? Dave, you told me that you weren't going to pick that. Dave, you're you're a jerk. All right, well, we do have a new song to play before I reveal. It's Ethan's prediction of Dave's pick of the night. All right. Well, Dave, you told me uh, it wasn't going to be Twine Ball, so I did not write down Twine Ball. I, I, th- I thought you would be honest to me, and I did write down Craigslist as your pick of the night. So this is the first time I've ever gotten it wrong. Thanks a lot, Dave. Well, I told you I told you that to throw you off. Uh, it was I mean, it was a tough competition for Dave's pick of the night because actually I did really enjoy Nature Trail to Hell. Uh, so that was up there. And I, but I did know that the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota was coming and getting to hear that. I felt like uh, I really enjoyed the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota in Mankato. And I know I made that my pick in the night in Mankato, but 
uh, I felt that this version of The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota was a lot better. I felt the audience response was a lot better. So, I mean, I really enjoyed, if I'm going to remember, you know, seeing The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota, in Minnesota, uh, it was both at the Mankato show and in Minneapolis. But I felt like the Minneapolis version was better, which is why I went with, again, The Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. All right, Aaron, what did you have? I had Nature Trail to Hell, so ah! I think I kind of won. Yeah, I think you did. <laughs> because you said you weren't going to pick Minnesota. Yeah, I think, uh, Dave, you, you really shouldn't be tampering uh, with, with this uh, this process. <laughs> and, and I, unfortunately, am going to have to put an asterisk next to my record. While I'm not, I, I think my record is, is still there because I would have picked that um, had that been an option. You said your second choice was was <laughs> not the biggest. I forget what it was already. But you said it was not Nature Trail to Hell. Well, I said Craigslist because because said Craigslist incorporated uh, something from Biggest Ball of Twine in Minnesota. Something that you ate that day. No, and nope, he you got that fingernail wrong. clippings. You no. got that wrong. Sorry, no. Aaron gets Dave, points for this one. Dave, you cheated. Yes. Uh, any any final words, Aaron, before we uh, we sign off for what may be the longest uh, <laughs> centimeter yet? I just don't understand how it got so long. <laughs> no, uh, we were uh, Minnesota was happy to have you guys, and uh, we can't wait for you to come back. So it was a great weekend. Well, you, you were a wonderful host uh, for Minnesota, and yeah. uh, really made it a an extra special, an already great weekend, just super extra special and pretty stinking majestic. And uh, it was really uh, a pleasure to have you on the Twineball episode and this episode. So thanks for for bringing your insights and and um, recording with us. And uh, we hope to have you back on again. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, ridiculously self-indulgent bonus episode 29 centimeter. I demand a recount, Dave. This is unfair. This is unjust. I'm going to have Erin get into her mall cop uniform and arrest you on her segue right away. You're a jerk.